Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We have the grand finale of our NFL Division by Division preview podcast series. This is part four. The first three went so phenomenally well. I'm so happy with how these turned out. Uh, We have a new voice, a new special guest here today to help us uh, close out this series where we're going to talk about the AFC East and the NFC West. Uh, Andy, how are you doing this beautiful Friday, this beautiful uh, Wednesday afternoon? Feels like you gotta do that to me. I wish it wish it was Friday. No, it's great. It's been a good day. I'm I'm pumped. Um, it's like it's like I'm excited that we're finally at the last one here, but also you know it sucks that uh, now we gotta find something else to talk about for the next couple weeks. Which I'm sure we'll figure (laughs) something out. Yeah, no doubt. We front loaded these big time so that people could uh, uh, kind of kind of come at them at their leisure they've been long we know that <laughs> we've had to break we had to break up the last one because we went over two hours and it was like too big for anyone to even download on itunes so we had to break that up into two parts uh but um you know all that said i'm super happy with how these turned out today to help us uh close out the series we have none other than the big man on campus himself jeff nadu Welcome to the deep dive. How are you this afternoon, my friend? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Oh man, this this is great to great to finally get you on the pod. We've been trying to find the uh, uh, the the an interesting spot to have you come and join us, and the fact that we get to do an extra long deep dive into this uh, NFL preview feels uh, like the perfect perfect way to uh, to introduce you to the listeners. Um, I know that you have done you've been you've been putting in a lot of work. Uh, on the uh, sports handicapping front. Um, there are very few people, I think, out there who, um, you know, who have been, you know, who have been grinding harder uh, and just con- just churning out content. You're doing an, an outstanding daily show on YouTube um, that I want you to give us a little insight on and how that goes. Uh, and uh, I know you're, you know, you're constantly doing videos with our friends at SBR. Um, so first of all, congratulations on all the, um, on all the outstanding, uh, work you're putting in, uh, and, uh, kind of give the listeners a little bit of a, of a, an idea of what you're all about and where they can find you and, uh, you know, some of your perspective. I appreciate that. Well, Copper and, and Dandy, it's great to be on the show here. I, uh, you know, I've been trying to get, get involved with what you were doing and I know you do some things with SBR once in a while, some of the tennis stuff. And yeah, you can find me every day at sportsbook review, sbrforum.com. I do all sorts of stuff over there. I have a morning show that I have with, uh, my uh, partner there, Donnie Wrightside, and I do a lot of soccer stuff with them. And yeah, I mean, really for me, I, I just, you know, I've dedicated my life to this business and I'm trying to kind of grow and continue to grow and, and, and build my name up. And I feel like I've been able to do that a little bit, but you're still not forgetting, you know, the essence of what I'm doing and trying to perfect it and be good at it and be a kind of a sponge and in, in, in getting all this new information out. My, my obvious, you know, love is college basketball, but you know, I've, I've always loved to talk about the NFL and college football and, you know, just kind of as the season gets here, it's, it's more exciting. And, you know, guys, some people have their thing, you know, some people like to work on cars. Some people like to, you know, box. Some people like to skydive. For me, there's nothing better than waking up, looking at lines, trying to find an angle, 
um, really trying to look for information that maybe no one else has. Um, and then hitting that bed. I don't think there's anything better in the world than that. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. Uh, to me, the high is sports betting. And I've dedicated my life to it. So, you know, I'm happy to be on the show. And, uh, you know, I urge you. I do everything. So try to find me. Um, you know, I'm uncut. I'm on raw and I'm uncensored. But um, I admit, even if you hate me, you'll still listen to me. So I'm happy to be on the show. <laughs> that is a great introduction. Uh, and I will second all of those, uh, those feelings because, uh, you know, in today's day and age, uh, authenticity matters a ton. It is super easy to sniff out people who are fake, uh, people who are involved in sports betting, who aren't actually living it, people who aren't actually doing it. Um, you can smell, you know, you can smell that a mile away. Uh, and there is zero doubt in my mind that just like you described, you are living this every bit of the, you know, every bit of this, you're living and dying by this stuff. Um, and, um, if there's nothing else, you know, people can count on you to get a very authentic and a very real, uh, experience when it comes to sports betting. So, uh, super happy to have you on and I would encourage people oh, to yeah. track you down well, that, and I mean, try, to, try to catch some of your content. Yeah. I mean, you can see like, it's, you look at, you look at the content and be like this Jeff Nadu is a, he's a big old goddamn loudmouth. <laughs> but he looks like, but but he does the research. He know he knows his stuff. So it, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I enjoy following. I enjoy following you on Twitter because uh, people say all the time, you, you know, definitely not 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 afraid to write some things on Twitter when no, you feel a certain listen, way about certain things. I, listen, if you think I'm talking about you, I probably am, and maybe you should, you know, you can pick yourself <laughs> up. You know, I, I, I think for me, I, I don't think, you know, and I, I don't want to say that I am a voice, but I feel like I am. I've done this long enough where I think maybe I am a bit of a voice. Maybe people want to hear what I have to say. And I feel like for me, I'm not trying to offend anyone. All I'm trying to do is say to you, listen, um, this is how I did it. I wouldn't recommend doing it that way. I would do it this way. Or, you know, listen, I've been through it. I bet parlays. I bet I bet all that stuff when I was younger, teasers and all this stuff. Listen, I'm just trying to help at the end of the day. And, and again, if you think I'm talking about you, maybe I am. And maybe you should, you know, I'm just spewing facts. I'm not, I'm not trying to sell a body of goods. This isn't an easy business, guys. You know that. Uh, this isn't sexy. It's not, I don't wake up every day and drive a Bentley and, and I have a, you know, I don't, I don't, this is a grind. You try to grind out a profit. It's not easy. It's not easy to to get up and, and do these videos. And look, there's a days where I don't want to talk about baseball, but you know, I, I, I have to, and, and, and I have to do it and I'm trying to grow the brand. So as, as you do that, you have to be able to you know work harder than everyone else. And that, and that's, you know, I, I started this morning at nine and I'll finish with you at, at, at 10 Eastern and then I'll go and I'll handicap till midnight or one o'clock. That's, what you have to do. That's what's different than it. anything else. So, you know, I, I appreciate all the kind words and I'm going to keep getting more raw and uncensored. So let's <laughs> jump in. We got a lot to talk about boys. I, I mean, the, the facts are, if you, if you end up on the wrong side of the big man on campus, it's for a good reason. I mean, you're not going after people. That's the people. point. You, That's you, a great you, point. Well, it's not like, that is such it's a not like, <laughs> I respect like, uh, real. I recognize yeah, real. Exactly. Exactly. No, exactly. Authent and, and, and authenticity, again, authenticity is hard to come by. There are so many fake people that are doing this and you are absolutely doing this. And I will uh, not allow, authentically. And I give you huge credit for that. I will not allow charlatans to destroy this business. It's got a bad enough black eye. I will not <laughs> allow it to continue. Okay. I if know. You're, 
If you're going to do that, then you're going to hear from me. I'm going to have something to say to you. I'm the I'm the I'm the Captain America of this business. I'm here to extrapolate <laughs> all the frauds and get them out of here. Beat it, get it out of here, go away. Uh, but guys, listen, uh, I could talk about myself all day. I'm sure you don't want to hear it, but I thank you for the kind words. Well, can you give me like a two second or not even you know give me like a two minute thought on like what how you think like like uh, sports betting media coverage is going to play out a little bit now that it's uh, you know, the, the end of prohibition in, in, yeah. in some States. Well, I think we've been seeing it for a while. I mean, if you, if you look at this business, you know, over the last year or two, we've, we've seen everyone in the mother pop up every Tom, Dick and Harry is a sports better now. And, you know, listen, I mean, I just want to make it aware you're going to see a lot of opinions. And when this legalization happened, I mean, you're seeing it pop up everywhere. Offensive linemen now all of a sudden know about sports betting. You know, MLB baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cash, you know, hockey bets. Everybody knows how to bet now. Um, You know, it's really, for me, everyone's going to have an opinion. I think it's something that will, you know, eventually people will understand, though, it's hard to do this. It's not easy. You don't just wake up and you know, dilly dally all day and put a couple bets in. It's hard. You got to stay. You got to stay consistent. You got to stay. You know, I, I kind of use the same uh, um, kind of comparison to if you follow poker. You know, there's a reason the same people, Mike McDermott said it in uh, Rounders, there's a reason the same people win the World Series of Poker every year because they're good at it. They're, they're skillful. They know what to do. They can almost manipulate their way and ease their way to continue to be relevant. And, you know, I think people soon, you know, you'll hear all sorts of opinions, but eventually you got to show that you can do things. You got to show you can win because what will happen is eventually people will kind of realize, you know, you don't know what you're talking about and you almost turn into a bit of a, a clown in a way and people will then just laugh at you. There's a difference between knowing what you're talking about and just being laughed at. Um, I've tried to always, while maybe people laugh at me sometimes, I always try to give out consistent information, whether you hate me or you love me. I think it's important whether you love Wellcap or, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to put out really solid information. And you know, it's hard for me to, to ever knock that. I'm, it, anyone that works hard, some of these people that just think they're going to walk into this business because they've gambled when they were kids with their with their father or something. They put in a horse a bet. That doesn't mean you can bet on sports. Eventually, <laughs> you got to put up or shut up. And most of the people don't do that. The best is I know everyone who you're talking about. <laughs> you didn't have to say names. I know exactly. I don't need the name. I, I they know, know who exactly, they are. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I have kind of a working theory, at least. And I, at least this is kind of, you know, how I'm operating going into this season. Because just like you said, it's going to be so loud. There's going to be so much noise out there. There are going to be so many people oh, in mainstream it's, it's media. Already who are just, to get really it's already congested. starting to get really congested. It's rough. And you know th- stuff like uh, Charles the Barkley draft- made a, Charles made a Barkley. Oh my God, that that DraftKings video just made me want to fall out of my chair. I was like, "Are you freaking joking?" Um, but I- I've I've I'm kind of I'm trying to tell myself, you know what? Let it happen. It, it all this is going to be fine. Uh, you know the the loud voices, the huge platforms. They're going to bring more people into this space, and the cream is going to rise to the top. And eventually, it's just going to be like, you know what, like. You're going to come into the space as a sports gambler. Now that you can finally do it legally, you're going to be led down a, a crummy ass road at first by all the people that don't know what they're talking about. And either you're going to exit and give up on this, or you're going to stick with it. And you're going to find, you know, the folks like us, the folks like big man on campus where you're getting information uh, that you can use to make, you know, more intelligent handicapping decisions. And so I, I'm, I'm just going to be at peace with it, at least uh, through the first, at least through this first year. 
uh, and see what happens. Well, at the end of the day, like I said, you have to be able to to show people you know what you're doing. And, and if, if if you can follow someone and, 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 and like what they're doing, but eventually if they're not serving a purpose to you, you have to cut it off. And I, you don't know how many, and I'm sure you've seen it, and, and Andy, I'm sure you've seen it. There's so many people that I've seen Oh, they were the next big thing and they, they fall off. It's like an NBA draft pick. Some of them are really good and they get to the NBA. And then you have yeah. your people like, uh, you know, um, Lenny cook. I mean, look up Lenny cook. They're all those people were better than LeBron, but now they're working at Taco Bell somewhere. You know, we've seen all these people and they'll come and go, you know, eventually you have to be able to consistently put the content out. Um, you know, and consistently listen, like I said, if you're not married to this game, the great Meek Mill said, um, it was time to marry the game. And I said, yeah, I do. Um, he said that and it was so poignant to me because I've literally married this business. I don't have a girl. I don't think you can have a wife in this business. You have to give your life to it. Just like any other job, you know, a surgeon, a heart surgeon doesn't just do a part time. He gives us all to it. And he gives us hundred uh, percent. That's how I do it. And I'm passionate and I love it. Um, and, and, and I'll, I'll give my life. So you have to I be able it. to do that. You know? Well, this is, this has been a fantastic intro to all this. And I think people will, uh, absolutely, uh, love and respect, love and respect you for, uh, for your, for your takes on all this stuff. So let's, um, let's get into some handicapping. Um, and before, before we, uh, get into the AFC East, which we're going to do first today, um, I'd like, cause I know you're a Philly guy. I'm just want to confirm something, uh, real quick. Uh, the, uh, the NFC East, uh, the Eagles, the Eagles are going to repeat and win 13 or 14 games, right? They're going to win the East going away. And the, and the Giants, like they, maybe they win like three games and they're, they're probably done for like the next. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I, I think the Eagles <laughs> are going to win this division, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if they'll win 13 or four. I, I think they're, I think they're an 11 and five type of team. I think early on, you're going to have, you know, some questions. I mean, going into the season, you know, to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to do things. You're going to have to, you know, people are going to get injured in this, you know, grand scheme of things, and they're going to have to go out and get surgeries. You look at like an Alshon Jeffrey, Marshon Wentz is coming back. He's not going to be ready for the season. Um, they have some new people that are plugging in on the defensive side. Um, I, th- I think the thing with the Eagles is, though, as the season goes on, we know they're going to make the playoffs. The division's good. It's getting better, but I don't think it's particularly good. I mean, you look at the Dallas Cowboys uh, going into season. I- I'm not expecting a ton out of that group. Uh, the, the Redskins still have a lot of question marks. The Giants are good, but they have question marks as well on the offensive line and defensive line. You guys both know to win in this league, if you don't have an offensive and defensive line, you're not going to win anything. Um, and, and I have some concerns about those teams. The Eagles will get better. They'll get more healthy. I think by week four or five, everyone should be back in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the roster is better than it was on the team that won the Super Bowl, uh, and that's scary. I mean, a lot of these players, you know, they didn't have Darren Sproles this year. They didn't have Jason Peters for a lot of the year. They didn't have Jordan Hicks. I mean, all those guys are back. You went out and had a pretty good draft. You went out and got a Dallas Goddard. You could be a big player over the middle. I think the Eagles, I would be very surprised if they don't win the division. I, I think the, the the thought is in this town is they can go and repeat, and I think – I think they're as good as anyone in the NFC. I, I think they have to be the favorite. I love this. Okay, well, ho- ho- put a pin in your NFC conference prediction because we're going to circle back since this is part four. This is the grand finale. We'll we'll put everybody on the record for uh, who we like to win the AFC and the NFC conference. Yeah, um, we'll kind we'll of bounce from the bounce from the Super Bowl champs to the uh, Super to the Bowl losers. To the, to, yeah, I, I, like to think of them, I like to think of them more as the AFC champs. Is that fair? Uh, the uh, the the Patriots. Uh, I've lost count now how many times they've won the AFC. It's been an awful lot. Um, and uh, 
lo and behold, uh, minus 640 to win the uh, AFC East again. Um, this Patriots team is, uh, you know, I, I just as a little background for, uh, for Jeff, I um, spent my formative years uh, outside of Boston. Uh, I definitely, uh, my, my first, like my first sizable wager, uh, was on the Patriots to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, Um, and so I have kind of a guttural connection to the Pats, uh, and I've enjoyed a lot of success betting on them, uh, through the years. Um, and this team makes me want to pull my hair out. I, I, this person, this, this roster, the way it was constructed, um, you know, you stack it up against, uh, Patriots rosters of, of past seasons and they are in my opinion, across the board, offensive and defensive talent wise, they just do not measure up to past Patriots rosters. I have a lot of questions about what is going on in the mind of Bill Belichick, the GM. Uh, and all that said, I think they win the East running, you know, going away. Is there any, you know, any disagreement on Patriots uh, pretty much walk away with the AFC East title for like the 12th year out of 13 or something? Um, listen, I, I know that, th- and that's just because the rest of this division just isn't very good. I mean, the, you know, we'll get to all the teams, but you know, I, I've, I was on record as saying it, and you can go back and look this up. You can listen to the shows, even being an Eagle fan, I said on record that I thought last year was the last true year of that dynasty. I picked them to lose that game. They did lose. You look at this roster. I think defensively they had major question marks. I mean, we saw that all last year. They just can't get a stop. And in the Super Bowl, it was merely evident. Um, I don't look at this defense, and, and I'm not worried really whatsoever. I mean, do they have any pass rush here? I mean, is the secondary good at all? I mean, you, you look at Tom Brady. He's another year older. He's certainly not particularly happy with this organization. I mean, I heard rumors that Rob Gronkowski was going to retire. I mean, you lose Deion Lewis. You have a rookie starting at running back. You lose one of your best offensive linemen in Nate Solder, but you're right. The ease of this division is just, it's they're lucky they're in this division. As far as their depth chart, I'm not impressed. I don't see a ton on the defense. Like I said, you're lucky you have Tom Brady. You're lucky you have to me, the most dominant player in the league and Rob Gronkowski at his position. Um, I wonder, I wonder about really everything on this team. I mean, you lost, you know, Danny Amendola. I mean, you got, some real inexperience. I mean, up front, you have a starting left guard. Um, you have to replace, obviously, Solder, who's a, a really high-level lineman for them. They're, they have a ton of question marks, but here's the thing, guys. They have the best quarterback ever, and he'll do enough to make them score enough points. They'll be in a great over team all year, but I'm going to tell you right now, I do not think they get to the Super Bowl. I, I just don't. I think there are teams that are better than them, um, and I don't think um, – I think we've seen the last of that dynasty. I really do. I, I'm not impressed with the depth chart at all. I wish I could refute anything you just said, but I, I surely can't. Uh, Andy, do you think that uh, at the end of the season we look at uh, Tom Brady's stat line and we ask questions about whether he's slipped at all, or do you think that he – I mean, the way he played in the Super Bowl last year was utterly – incredible the guy threw for 500 yards he put up the single most fantastic individual performance in a fucking loss uh and you know lo and behold uh guys 40 was he 41 now uh he looks like he looks like he's in as good a shape as he's ever been in his life uh his wife is you know trying to convince him to retire because he's taking too many shots to the head um you know what is what is gonna what, what is gonna be the narrative of tom brady at the end of the 2018 season 
Yeah, I don't think the offense is going to be the issue. It just, especially you, you, you thought you were going to lose your offensive coordinator. You don't end up have that happening. Josh McDaniels might not be a great head coach, but he is a solid offensive coordinator. They've they've got the system in place. They've got one of the best quarterback minds in the history of the game. They've got some receivers. It, they've proven they don't really need good receivers. They've done it so many times with the Jabbar Gaffneys of the world and all just all kinds of uh, you know just ragtag crews of receivers. I like the I like bringing Decker in. He fits the system. the The line might not be the best. Um, you got add Isaiah Win. That's nice. It might be a nice pickup there. I think the offense is going to be okay. I think they're going to do what they did last year. It might be similar to the start they had last year, where the offense was you know kind of clicking, but the defense looked you know like a huge problem. I remember you were very worried three or four games in with the whole not only how bad the defense looked, but just how slow they looked because they, they, those linebackers looked like they were stuck in concrete. It was, it was not great. I don't think they've done a ton to uh, address that. And they lost their defensive coordinator, which will, you know, that'll be determined to see if, if that even matters. Sometimes, sometimes you can just step in and it's not like, it's not like the defense was, something to be reckoned with all year. So it's not like the new guy. I can't even think it was taken over for there. I don't know. You're a, you're a Patriots guy. Can you name me that? Yeah. It's going to be the linebackers coach, uh, Flores, Brian Flores. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's really, yep, you know, yep, yep, yep. they're trying to, they're trying to transition out of having dedicated coordinator roles. And Oh, by the way, I am not feeling super confident or comfortable with the likes of Belichick's kids kind of rising in the ranks in terms of responsibilities on this team. Uh, nepotism, I feel like, is a huge problem in the NFL. Um, maybe Kyle Shanahan is maybe the only example of a guy who I think uh, absolutely um, you know, exceeded expectations, who is the son or someone who is, um, you know, who is a good coach. Uh, but the Belichick kids, I need to see more out of them in terms of you know, proving that they should have the roles they have on this coaching staff. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you, I think you nailed it. Uh, they had two first round picks in the draft. They did not address the defense. They did not try to get young impact players. Um, if, you know, if, often, I could, yeah, if I can step in on go that, ahead. I do want to make this clear. I think they got one of the best slot corners in the draft. I was a big fan of Duke Dawson at Florida. I think he's really a guy in the slot that could help them out. Um, but I think overall, I think the big problem I have with New England long term is, I mean, you look at this year and I know people will knock the AFC, but you look at compared to last year. I mean, every team is better as far as, you know, teams that are going to make the playoffs. I mean, the Jags are for real now. Houston's going to have Watson healthy. Um, you know, the you know, Ravens are much better. You know, the Broncos finally have a quarterback. Th- this isn't going to be as easy as just you, know, you get to the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, and again, I know it's Tom Brady and he does it every year, but I think this AFC is better than people think. Um, I, I just uh, – I don't know. I, I just think long-term, like you guys talked about, he's 41 years old at this point, um, and the defense is poor. I mean, Duke Dawson will help, but he's a slot corner and he's a rookie. That's at the end of the day. They didn't really do much else to, to really address their inconsistency. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just kind of – I'll slot them in as the winner just because I'm not going to pick against them, but I, I wonder how far they can really go. Yeah. yeah. Here's a fun little hypothetical. What is the worst record they could have and still win the division? 
Like, oh eight, man, eight, nine, and seven, eight, nine, nine and seven gets it done. I think nine and seven. They don't even yeah. have to be that good to win the division. It, it's like Jeff said when he started. It's, it's not a good division. I, I, the Bills went backwards. I think the Jets just aren't quite there yet. Even though I, I do like Darnold. We're getting ahead of ourselves, and Miami's a mess. Like it's just they, they've been really blessed. And it's not like you know the division has propelled into the Super Bowl wins, but when you don't have to worry about winning the division, that helps too, I think. And they've, oh, yeah. they've you, been yeah, pretty lucky. Yeah. yeah, no, I think, I mean, what we've seen over the last several years, uh, because the Patriots have been such a clear class above uh, the rest of the AFC East, is that they've been able to treat the first four weeks of the season like an extended preseason. They've been able to kind of, you know, get get the kinks out so to speak. And well, they, they better hope they do because they have two tough games to start the season, which I actually wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they lose those games. I have them at 12 and four. I have their losses coming to Houston, Jacksonville, Minnesota, and at Pittsburgh. The rest of the schedule is pathetic. I mean, they'll, they'll roll this <laughs> They're 12 and four, but yeah. this is a tough start to the season. Houston and then at Jacksonville are, are very difficult. Two very, 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 very tough, tough, tough right out of the box. And two tough defenses against an offensive line that's going to be finding its uh, rhythm. Sure. Uh, they have, you know, I, I I hesitate a little bit to really go hard on the offensive line because they, you know, that's been sort of the one area that they've been, they've shown a, a very, very keen ability to develop a player, right? Like Skarnecchia is maybe the best offensive line coach if not the best top five in across the NFL over the last 10 years. And he can absolutely coach guys up. We've saw We've seen them, you know, turn middling players into absolute uh, stalwarts on the line. Um, they let Solder go. You mentioned that. I didn't really feel bad about that. Um, to be honest, he's a talented player. Sure. He's going to probably help the giants go from, you know, the 32nd best line to the, some, you know, maybe the 31st best line. They, they may kind of, kind of fall in the middle now with Solder. Um, but with the amount of money they paid him, I wasn't super, super sorry that they let him walk. Um, I think this kid they picked up from, from San Francisco on the line, Trent Brown has shown a lot of promise in camp so far. And I think that by like week four, week five, you'll start to see this unit come together and be pretty effective at keep keeping Brady healthy. Weeks one and two, weeks one and two, they got to go against Houston. They got to go against Clowney. Watt, uh, Merciless is healthy this year. Week one, week two, they got to go against the Jaguars who have, you know, wave upon wave of just fierce, uh, fierce pass rush. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned week one and week two and how this team starts out of the gate. Um, And well, I'll never forget week one last year. They sure as hell didn't look ready to start the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Andy mentioned it. Their defense looked absolutely slow. And in the end, that de- tended to that define their season because they were slow in the Super Bowl. And that was what cost them, you know, their uh, their sixth championship. So Patriots, oh, man, 12 and four. I think I would take that as a fan. Uh, I would be pretty satisfied with that. I think I'm, you know, this to me, this feels more like, uh, you know, the kind of team that lost to the Jets in the divisional round of the playoffs, you know, like the 2010 uh, version of the Patriots. Um, and, you know, granted that team went 12 and, you know, 14 and two. Uh, so that, they had a good regular season, but they just, you know, they're, they're lacking play playmakers at too many important positions, especially on the defense. Who rushes the passer? Uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to like point to the secondary and say, hey, they got both McCourty brothers now and, Hey, you know, Stefan Gilmore is no slouch. 
Uh, and they, they, you know, I like you pointed out they got that, uh, that 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 kid out of Florida to play in the slot. And yeah, great. Like, put play nickel. Lots. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to have an extremely tough time. They're uh, going to putting pressure on quarterbacks. They'll go over sixty five percent of the time this year. This is a prototypical over team. I mean, they're going to put up. 27 28 points a game and, and they're going to give up 24 i mean that, that or more that they're just they're prototypical over i mean they're going to go pretty quick and and look i think a quick point to be made and then i i know i know we spent a lot of time on that but you, know, you look at some of the moves they made like i think cordero patterson's a good player i think he's a good guy to bring in you'd have to figure mcdaniels will use him in your know, jet sweeps and things like that this kid they got out of miami braxton berrios he is a prototypical Patriot player. He's th- this Wes Welker type, uh, Tim Dwight. If you remember him back in the days, that's yeah. that's what Julian he is. Edelman clone. Yep. Sure, sure. <laughs> yep. you know, Chris yep. Hogan. Uh, they're 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 all guys. I mean, that Jordan Matthews. I'm sure Jordan Matthews will go there and be the next Jerry Rice because that's. Oh, I think they. I think they cut him. Oh, did they uh, cut he, him? Well, they think, yeah, they, yeah, they did. They yeah. cut him. He tweaked his hammy, and they're like, oh, "Yeah, we, we can they, find they nine out of the receiver." I didn't even see they do. did that. Oh, that's too bad. Well, wow. yeah, yeah. right, right before they got Decker. Oh, okay, weird. Right. Yeah, they're receiving no, they, situations. They, they, they never so make weird. the moves you expect them to make. You, you expect yeah. like, "Hey, this defense sucks." They're gonna they're gonna do <laughs> something about it. They draft a lineman, which yeah, is, right. like you said, it's a good line coach. I like when it. In you know, you got to keep Brady's jersey clean. That's huge. You see what happens when he gets hurt. It's not good. They go eleven yeah. and five and miss the playoffs. That's, yeah, but why? Why? Why do you draft? Why do you draft Sonny Michelle when? When first of all, you can find that type of talent in the free agent market at running back, and second, you could have got a guy like Harold Landry, uh, who is you know potentially and making an impact. That was who I defense. picked. That's who I took for them. I, I had him going to to you know, to the pages. He went to Boston college. He's one of the best edge rushers in the league in the draft. I agree with you. That's where I had them going, but you know, you look at them as a group, they don't value the draft. I mean, normally, I mean, they don't, they don't care much about it. I think they like just take it on kind of like where they think they'll go, you know, where they, where they hope to go, but they'll throw away picks left and right. They don't care. Um, for me, I, you know, their draft, I thought was C minus ish. I don't think they addressed a ton of, of real issues that they had. Um, but they got a couple of decent players. I mean, Wynn's a good kid, a good player. He could play different positions, but you're right. I mean, there's very little to address uh, the defensive side of the ball, especially guys that are going to play uh, regularly. Oh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Taking a running back first round is, I, I just, I have a personal problem with that, but let's move on. Let's talk about uh, yeah, like, their draft. Come back their draft never makes sense. Uh, it sounds like we all pretty much agree. This Patriots team is going to run away with the East uh, and they're going to look pretty awful early yeah, look, in the look, season. Look, but, let's uh, talk about but six they, of their wins here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, that's a great point. The Patriots have the, the 32nd hardest schedule. They have the easiest schedule in the league. I don't think there's really any way you can calculate strength of schedule that doesn't come up with them having the easiest because they get to play six games against the likes of the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. Um, let's go with the Dolphins first since they're plus 1400 to win the East. I mean, this is all pretty much indistinguishable. These guys, these teams all have virtually, you know, little to no hope, uh, at winning the East, even if, uh, um, I guess it, it's a broad, it's a Tom Brady injury away from, you know, from real hope, but that's the last time the Patriots did not win the East was when, uh, Brady tore his ACL week one, uh, and Matt Castle came in. He won 11 games, but it wasn't enough to beat out the, uh, the mighty wildcat from Miami that year. Um, so let's talk about Miami. Uh, Adam Gase took over this team, uh, two years ago. He really 
exceeded expectations in his first year by taking that Miami team to the playoffs uh, on the back of a pretty uneven performance from Ryan Tannehill over the course of the season. Uh, you know, he was pretty pathetic through about five weeks. Uh, and Gase really just like he stuck up for him in the media. He, you know, he really kind of won over the locker room by standing up for Tannehill because the players really liked him. They were, they, you know, kind of coalesced around that moment. I felt like went on to go in as the sixth seed, got their doors blown off in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And, uh, and people kind of forgot that they were even a playoff team that year. Uh, and uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, now come in. Uh, Gase's, uh, you know, Gase's third year here, um, and you know things are getting kind of hot. Uh, he is clearly on the hot seat this year. Last year they were pretty awful with Tannehill going out with an ACL injury, and um, you know that there's there is a depletion of talent on the roster here. That you know if you're in the if you're in the, you know in, in an improving AFC, um, and, you know you're dealing with this level of uh, uh, of depletion that's going to be a problem. So um, we saw their win total actually open up at the lowest of all of the teams in the AFC at five and a half. That took actually quite a lot of money to the over uh, and the over over under now sits at about six and a half for the dolphins. Um, so, you know, the early betters out there felt like uh, this was probably the best of the three also rans in the AFC East. Um, and uh, you know, we sit here now with minus minus one thirty to the over at six and a half. Um, can you make a case, Andy, that the Dolphins hit their win total over, or are you colder on this team than uh, than even six and a half, seven wins? Everything I've looked at, and I always try to – maybe it's a – I talked to somebody about this today actually with a soccer match, but I always try to play devil's advocate with myself and look at a team and be like, you know, this is how I feel about a team. And I, I mean, just to the point, I felt really bad about my I don't think they're good. I power rated them the lowest team in the league as far as I looking at everything. And I tried to, you know, go devil's advocate, handicap against myself and say, let's, let's find some, let's find some bright spots and why I think Miami can do well. And boy, I, I really struggled with that. I, I think they're right at a five or six win team and looking at the schedule, it's, it's only because the same thing we've said with the bills and jets in the division, like it's hard to take them as a real low, you know, this is a team I'd love to take as an alternate win total, like maybe under four and a half, under five and a half. But when you get to play the jets and bills twice, that, that gets a little tricky. So I don't think I want to touch this, but I definitely don't see them as a seven, eight win team. Maybe, you know, maybe Tannehill can come in and surprise, but I'm not I'm not real bullish on a guy like that who I was never really big on coming back from an injury like that and all of a sudden being, you know, a good quarterback in this division. Yeah, I don't I just I mean the, 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 the weapon the weapons he has. It's just yeah, I mean start naming their receivers. It's not great. Yeah, right. Amendola, they brought in, they got rid of Landry. Um, but yeah, there's you know a couple of the out of division games where you might think, hey, maybe these guys can be competitive. They were put in pretty disadvantaged situations. Like they go to Cincinnati uh, the week after they play at New England, so they get they're making them travel back to back weeks early in the season. Uh, they get to play Chicago and Detroit, who look like they're going to be at the bottom of the NFC North. Though they get those two teams teams at home but both teams are coming off their bye so it's like uh yeah okay well maybe there are some spots here where they you would think they would be competitive but you know i just don't see 
you know, how you can scratch together enough wins to understand why the line movement, why it went the way it went. Uh, Jeff, do you think that uh, Miami getting bet up to about six and a half, seven wins makes any sense? Are you seeing anything about what they did in the draft, what they did in the free agency market that that would lend you to uh, be a supporter of this win total over? Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty bullish on the Dolphins. I, I think they're Ooh, interesting. I'm actually on the other side of you guys. I <clears throat> I look at this roster. I thought they had one of the best drafts in the league. I, I really do. I think you look at kind of what the problem was there. And I I I like and don't like Adam Gase for two reasons. I think he does show a bit of Chip Kelly in him, though. He, he's one of oh, these yes. guys that wants oh, it done. Yes, he does. He wants it done his way, and he he'll clean house until he gets it. I mean, we saw that with obviously getting rid of a guy like Jay Ajayi, who who obviously went to the Eagles. But you know, I think what it did do though is they said, you know what. We're a young football team. We need to get some veterans in here. And you look at the mix of veterans and young guys in this team, and you have to be pleasantly excited. I mean, you know, is Frank Gore going to be a player that's going to help them? I don't know. But what he's going to provide in the locker room is stability, a veteran mentality. Josh Sitton, Danny Amendola, guys like that are going to provide you with, you know, that veteran quality that you need. I think defensively they're going to be pretty good. I think – I think Micah Fitzpatrick was the best corner uh, in the draft or safety, really, wherever you want to play him. I think he was the best defensive back in the draft. I, I like what they did bringing in Mike Gusecki. I think he's going to be big for uh, Ryan Tannehill. I think they're going to develop a bit of a relationship, you know, maybe on that level where he can go out and be that hybrid tight end, but he could also be a guy that could block for you, be your typical Mark Chimura type of player. But, you know, you look at the rest of the draft. I mean, I, I like some of the late moves they made. Um you look at this receiving core. It's not great, but I'll tell you what, Amendola provides some, some you know, kind of that slot receiver for you. Um, they have some good young receivers. I mean, a guy like Levante, Levante Carew out of Rutgers played at a bad program, but he was a guy that could really make a lot of plays. We'll see if that'll transform to the NFL, but it's all going to rest on Tannehill. Hey, he's better than what they've had. I think he's obviously got a new lease on life. He has a guy uh, in Gase that's going to obviously play to his strengths. I think they're a seven-win team. I think they're going to have to obviously beat, you know, a Tennessee. Luckily, they get the Jets twice. They get Buffalo twice. I think Oakland's a really bad football team. I think they'll beat Chicago. I think they can beat, um, you know, maybe Indy. Um, They have a tough schedule, but I think they also have seven wins in the schedule. I think if there's any team, like let's say Brady gets injured, who would be the next team up? For me, it would be Miami. I think they've pleasantly gotten better. They've addressed some things. They got rid of some bad attitudes. You, you lose guys like Sue and, and Ajayi, but again, you clean out that bad attitude. You bring in some veterans that can help mix that together. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Steven Ross better have a winning team or get some kind of collection of some kind of winning team, or he's going to be out ski. He's been there 11 years, and they haven't literally won anything. Um, they have their coach, but I wonder about their ownership and GM uh, abilities. I think they're a seven-win team. Interesting. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, you, you bring up a, a great point. point. Yeah, draft. go ahead. Go and ahead. The, the, they went heavy defense in the draft, and they got some They got some players. I think that's what swings them from like a four- or five-win team to possibly get into that seven or eight. If those guys can work out, if Frank Gore can – contribute anything because how old Frank Gore, which I don't know. It doesn't matter what the answer is. His knees are 20 years older than that number. Like he, <laughs> he's a beat up old. Kenyon Drake. I you know, thought he, he, he does. Yeah. Drake tricks. Yeah. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. Drake could be a good pop. Yeah. He's got some pop. But, uh, you know, you, you do this. 
Lusu, but they did they did draft a lot of defensive players. And if those guys can step up, you know, you end up and maybe not not like uh, New Orleans had, but if you can have one of those drafts where one or two guys hits and can start and contribute in a big way on the defense, you know, they could be a better team. And like I said, with with uh, you know with my or with uh, the Jets and the Bills in the division, if they're an above average team. It's almost three. It's you know three or four gimme wins almost right there. Okay, so I, I'm gonna get, I'm get gonna, the seven might not be impossible. I'm gonna paint a, a little bit more of a negative picture, or at least fill out my thoughts on on Miami as a franchise. They have a problem. Uh, Miami has a fan engagement problem. They had an open practice, relatively uh, kind of in the middle of camp. You see, you see, you see photos and videos from open practices in Green Bay, Chicago, even L.A. Like the fans cannot get, you know, not wait to get close to the players, see what's going on, get a feel of the franchise. They had an open practice for the Eagles in the link, and they've like, how many people went down there? Like 20,000? Like, it was a game day. Are, yeah. It was crazy. I mean, it was a, it was a big freaking deal all over the NFL. P- fans are excited about football coming back. Guess where they're not excited about football coming back? Miami. Miami. They had that open practice, and like less than 4,000 people showed up. Uh, you know, and, and they they had planned to have it in like their Sun Life Stadium that they've recently re, you know invested all this money into uh, to make it a more fan friendly place, at least provide some shade for the people for crying out loud. And, you know, and still nobody decided to come. Nobody's really excited about this team. Adam Gase, I love the comparison you made to Chip Kelly because he's got the exact same kind of attitude. He, he, he had early success. He made the playoffs his first year. He proved the media wrong that Tannehill was an effective quarterback. He could take him to the playoffs. And he is now acting in his third year like he's like his shit doesn't sink. And he absolutely 100% needs the media to help, you know, keep this job, I feel like. And instead, he's treating them poorly. And he put out his depth chart. He had, you know, Kenyon Drake or Frank Gore. And they ask him, what the hell did you do that for? He's like, oh, it's, you know, because I felt like it because I wanted to be an asshole. And it's like, you know, like you're not if you're not, you know, building relationships at this point in your third year in Miami to help kind of get get people excited about your team. You're in deep trouble. And I I think you made a great point. Stephen Ross has been there 11 years. Uh, He keeps having to cleave off ownership to partners here he's got the serena williams and venus williams are partners now fergie's a partner you know he's he's desperately trying to you know get people excited about this team and they can't figure out a way to do it that spells huge trouble for me for adam Gase if they get off to any kind of a slow start and that brings me to my final question and final point for jeff is ryan Tannehill the quarterback of the miami dolphins in 2019 and if so, is that an indication that he is like a top 20 quarterback in this league? Because I have no problem coming up with 20 quarterbacks that I think are better than Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> um, well, I, I almost want to say I, I, I think he will be because I think they will. They have a, an easy enough schedule where they have to get to six or seven wins. I, I think they have enough where they can do that. And I think that will embody them to, to keep him around. But they better hope he can can be that you know guy we saw two years ago, or, or they're gonna have a problem, and they're gonna have to obviously go out and kind of start over. And and Gase is walking a real fine line where he better make sure this works out because he's kind of showing other teams that he's a bit of a tough guy to deal with. I mean, Chip Kelly, in all sense of the word, ruined the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he knocked Howie Roseman back. I mean, it, you're going to see that. He got rid of players that, I mean, he literally gave away Macklin, McCoy, and Deshaun Jackson for literally nothing. 
They walked away from the team. <laughs> they got nothing back for him. And it put this team behind a few years. You know, luckily it worked out, but he better make sure. I mean, you already discussed the fan engagement problem. And it's difficult in South Florida to sell sports. I mean, look at the Marlins. I mean, luckily they're a bad team, so it doesn't, you know, kind of surprise anyone. But there's so many other things to do than go watch a football game, you know, where it's hot and they're not good and it's tough. But, I, yeah, I, I do think he's the quarterback, but I, I – look. We sure as I don't want to see Brock Osweiler, so they better hope he performs uh, because you don't have a Jay Cutler to kind of maybe save you a little bit. Um, luckily, there's a draft and you can go out and get better quarterbacks. But what that's going to mean is you're going to be a, a bad team and you're going to pick up top and you're going to have to start over. But I'll say yes, I think he'll have a decent enough year. But I'll tell you this quickly. I wouldn't look to bet on Tannehill significantly because he is a awful against the spread quarterback. He's one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he gets by, he gets by. It's uh, yeah, he's not, he's not, uh, uh, he's not impressing anyone. That's, that's for damn sure. Um, let's move down to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo bills uh, surprised everyone snapped like a 20 year playoff drought last year, made the playoffs at nine and seven. Uh, their reward. Thank you, Andy Dalton. The, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. The Andy Dalton beat the Ravens single-handedly. Uh, opening the door for the Buffalo Bills to then go down to Jacksonville and score seven points in those. Um, Bills Mafia had pitchforks out, ready to take uh, Tyrod Taylor, carry him out to the outskirts of town, and throw him to whatever team would have him uh, and draft the future of the franchise. Um, they go and telegraph to everyone who they're interested in, end up trading up and giving away future uh, you know, future <laughs> assets in order to get uh, the project uh, collectively, you know, the project known as Josh Allen. Um, bookmakers opened their win total at six and a half, which would have reflected about a three free win drop off for this team just on the basis of switching, uh, just on the basis of switching quarterbacks, really, because everybody else is pretty much coming back. Uh, and uh, that got bet down immediately. Now sits at about five and a half. Uh, they have a prolonged, uh, you know, three-headed monster quarterback competition going on now in camp between McCarron, um, Nathan P- Five Pick Peterman, and uh, and Josh Allen. You know, it's it's very 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 tough to find the silver lining to put on this team uh, for this. You're not year. painting a rosy picture. No, no, it's not looking great. Um, do you have some preliminary thoughts for us on the Josh Allen draft choice, Mister Nadu? Um, yeah, I do. And they're not good. Um, I, I don't think I don't have any reason to think that Josh Allen, unless he has you know a terrific work ethic and he's obviously ready to, to really put in a ton of work. But you know, I think the NFL is different where like generally if you get hit by a ton of bricks in the NFL, it's hard to come back. I feel like in other sports like the NBA, for instance, is more of a, you know, if, if you're on a team of like and you're the best player, like look at Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard basically went from being a very average, decent college player to being one of the best players in the league because he had the work ethic to work hard. He could take a game over. When you're the quarterback, it's you have so much on your shoulders. It's so tough to kind of get better and to really rise. Will he get better? Yes. But you look at some of the real concerns you have about Josh Allen, and one of them coming out of college was, A, his inability to make short, accurate throws. And the foundation of any NFL team is the ability to make those short route throws, to hit someone over the middle, to throw a slant. 
Uh, he was particularly inaccurate at that. He turned the ball over way too much. And you look at the fact of the competition he was playing, it was not good. Whenever he stepped up in competition, he struggled. And that's a big concern. Carson Wentz is a guy that I've heard him compared to because they went to small schools. The problem was when Carson Wentz would go play Iowa or Iowa State or someone like that, he would step up. Josh Allen also, I think a lot of people say, whoa, big man, he could throw the deep ball. He's got a great arm. Not not particularly. You look at plays over 20 yards last year, as far as throws are concerned, he was 13 for 42, and that's not Ooh. good enough. Um, he, he has major issues throwing the ball accurately downfield and short intermediate throws as well. You have to be able to do that in the NFL. I think he's a project quarterback. I think he's the one guy to that group other than Baker Mayfield that will fail. I think the other three are really good quarterbacks, but I'm not a fan of Josh Allen. I think this was a reach by the Bills. I would have went a different way if I were them as far as a quarterback. Um, I don't think preliminary it's going to work. I think he's going to be a guy that will be a career backup. I believe that. Is is accuracy something you can teach? Um, I, I You know, that that's an interesting question. I, no, not in the pros because – when you're in college, like you look at like Baylor yeah, at that or, point in your career. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you look at, you look at the offenses that they're running in the NFL. When, when you're a Baylor, Texas tech, honestly, I could literally right now, if I had like two weeks to get in shape, I could literally go right now and have some success in Baylor's offense because they tailor to the quarterback where they basically let like, that's why Baker Mayfield was so successful because the offense they ran, there's a reason he had an 80% completion percentage because all he did was throw the ball across the middle. It's not difficult. Uh, the offense in the NFL is not going to be as easy. It's not going to be something you just slot in and you can throw. Uh, the, the, the players are better. They're faster. They're stronger. Um, you know, you look at their offensive line as well, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Richie Incognito has gone. Um, you know, you lost Cordy Glenn. You have Deion Dawkins, an 11-game professional, starting at left tackle. There's a lot of question marks about this line. And, guys, also, your running back has some real issues off the field. Who knows what's oh, yes. going to happen there? Oh, yeah. This is a mess of a yeah, team. Yeah, we didn't even touch on that yet. Yeah, they're a yeah. total mess on offense. Yeah, they, they, they probably – they got worse at quarterback. It does not matter who they start out of the three. They got worse – that's not a good. That's not a good way to start a season. If you want to follow up a playoff season, which, you know, maybe they shouldn't have been a playoff team, but that's how that's what the AFC was last year. And it's like uh, Jeff said, I'm always harping on the Big Twelve quarterbacks. The most successful Big Twelve quarterback in the last twenty years is Sam Bradford. Like th- those those players don't come into the league and do well. Andy, you don't and- run the air raid. You don't get to face that kind of defense. It's not. Andy, how, it doesn't work. You're that way. speaking. My language. I hate. <laughs> I hate the Big Twelve. I've been on rants for that for years. I think it's one of the most hideous football conferences. It's really one of the most hideous conferences in general. They never produce successful players. Uh, they don't play well at the next level, and it's just it's a joke of a conference. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's such a great point by you. Um, go, well, go maybe, on, please. Well, may, well, maybe Josh Allen's not accurate, but at well, least and, he has and, wide receivers know, that can get separation, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, talk to, to you talk to the Big Twelve defenses like that. Well, you know, let, let's talk about the Mountain West defenses. They're maybe it's not the you know it's not the air raid. You know, not every team in the in the Mountain West is this air raid Big Twelve offense. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say the defenses in the NFL are going to be tougher than playing in the Mountain West, and it could be a problem if you're inaccurate. 
and you yeah. and granted you got big hands like the, the, it was just all hype it felt like it was one of those hype things where the public and everybody was just hyped up on Josh Allen and somehow an NFL front office got caught up in the hype like like you're not supposed to you're supposed to be due diligence and you know scouts that are getting paid good money instead of people that just read the US Today today and see how big his hands are I just I didn't understand the reach. I think it's going to be a really bad thing for the offense. And yeah, well, to your point, what were you going to say about the the, the receivers? Uh, yes, you you could convince me uh, with with a with McCoy to say that that all gets cleared up and you get full sixteen games out of him, and he's in the he's in the very 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 tail end of his prime. Like I don't know how many more years he's got left, but let's just say he's got one, uh, and let's say that the experiments you have in the offensive line all work out. You could convince me that, yeah, this offense won't be as bad as people think if you had a very, very accurate quarterback. The problem is you're combining an, un- an inaccurate quarterback in Allen with a wide receiver core who absolutely cannot get separation. This is the they were the um, like like remarkably bad at getting separation last year. And you, you look at the data on a chart. They were the outliers like it was almost impossible. And I blame a lot of what Bill's Mafia would kind of come after. Um, Tyrod, like, oh, he held on to the ball too long. Oh, he didn't throw the ball down the field. Well, yeah, he was like, my choices are to throw it to a defender who is in, you know, in the exact space that my receiver is down the field or wait for them to get open, wait for the play to break down. I mean, like he was making the best decision that he had at that time. And the result of it was they got nine wins out of it. So the fact that you moved on from Taylor, uh, for a guy like Allen is a substantial downgrade. And, um, you know, and you look at the the way that their schedule. Did you look at their schedule, Andy? What is their what is their first wins on here? What, how many weeks into the season yeah, before they get their first when we, when win? When we did our schedule, oh, uh, when we did the schedule podcast, we talked about this. It's a rough. Oh, it's a rough go. God. This is five of five I of their know. first five of their first seven games on the road. Their home games are against the Chargers and the Titans. Then you get New England at home. Any wins in there in through eight weeks for these guys? I don't. I, it was I a toss up. It was a toss up for me with this team in Miami as far as who's the worst. Yeah. What do you think, but, Jeff? Who, who do they, my, they, my, they finally? Do they finally? Do Buffalo finally pick up a win? Say like week seven at Indianapolis or something? Or do you see some other game where you like a spot like them in one of these spots? I'll be real. I mean, I had trouble finding two wins on their schedule. I I, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I don't know that I see it. I mean, I, I think their first yeah. win doesn't come till November 11th. I mean, I think that's, I mean, maybe November 4th. I, maybe they could be Chicago at home, but I, I think the one saving grace they have is, I think they'll be a great under team all year. I, I think defensively they're they're okay. Great point. That's a great great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And they could their win. defense is, is probably good. And then they yeah. could win, you know, some 17, 13 games and, and and that kind of thing. But when when they're getting into shootouts with some of these teams, actually, they're not going to get into shootouts because they don't have the ability to do that. But, yeah, I think defensively <laughs> they're good. I, I like the moves they made. And I thought draft-wise, you know, other than Josh Allen, I, I think Harrison Phillips is a talented pass rusher. Um, you know, I like, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker. He was a guy that I had – you know, honestly in the top 15. So you got, you know, got some lucky, uh, you know, some luck there with him uh, kind of falling a bit, but yeah, I, 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 I struggle to find a lot of wins in the schedule. I just don't see it. I think for them, a successful season is 
five wins. I, I just don't see five wins here. I, I don't. I mean, I think two or three is where I have them. But, you know, again, you're right. If, if they can get McCoy to play at a pretty high level, the big problem, though, is the, the most important thing on your offense is your line and your quarterback. And, I mean, they have Both the most dire quarterback questions. situation yeah. in the league. I mean, A.J. McCarron, Josh Allen, and uh, who's their third string? Uh, five, Nate pick, Peterman. five pick Peterman, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just Peterman, a dire yeah. situation. Um, I, I think they're one of the worst teams in football. Mm. Okay. I don't disagree with this. So I it's like it's been a while since the Jets. Yeah. I like let's, the Jets quarterback situation better than the Bills somehow. It's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. Let's, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, to leave a little bit of, uh, of positive for the Bills fans who tune in. Um, I do like their coach, John McDermott, I think has, you know, he's got a future in this league. He, he can ride out some of this development. I mean, again, you know, sometimes when you swing and miss, if, if, if Josh Allen is trash, like, uh, like our friend Jalen Ramsey, uh, quoted today, if he does turn out to be trash, uh, this is, that's the kind of pick that sets back your franchise for five years. And I really don't, you know, I, I like as much as I like McDermott, uh, you know, it's, you know, Tyrod Taylor's not walking back through the store. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, it, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if, and, and I mean this with the utmost respect to, to their fan base, but it, it could set you up with a situation like Cleveland's in where they just keep recycling quarterbacks. You know, you don't have a lot of talent in this team. You have an okay defense, I guess, but you have, you know, I think the good point that they do have, and I think the one prominent point that they have is Sean McDermott's a good good defensive coach but yeah that's really all you have you have an aging uh, McCoy he's getting up there um and you just don't have a ton of talent I mean Kelvin Benjamin seems more worried about what's going on off the field Zay Jones is taking psychedelic drugs you know in the (laughs) offseason I mean you you have some you have some real questions Zay Jones is such a bust he is not he was a hell of a college player player, though man at East Carolina he was terrific I believe it, but he has not. Uh, he has not transitioned to the NFL for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's the psychedelics. Who knows? Um, okay, let's talk about the Jets. Uh, would it if I if I had it again? If if somebody came back, you know, through time at the end of the season, and they were like, "You'll never believe this." Uh, the Jets won eight games. Uh, would that knock you over with the feather, big man? If you told me they would win eight games this year. Yeah, yeah. Would you just say uh, no freaking way, or is there anything you know? Is is there is there a combination of weak schedule and Darnold overperforming his expectations, and you know some you know some uh, you know something magic about their you know their their defense coming together under uh, what is this Todd Bowles' fourth year head coach? Um, I, you know, I think there- I, I think you. Uh, I like I like Darnold. I think you know from what I've heard, I've heard him speak. I mean, he, he he seems like a terrific kid, and I think he's a talented football player. But the main problem that he's had is he can't hold on to the football. I mean that that Ooh. was I I think last year at USC he had more uh, total turnovers than touchdowns. I, I it was a big problem for him. He he, he fumbled the ball a lot. He, he had issues with throwing interceptions. <laughs> and you look yeah. at this this team. I mean. This is a awful offensive roster. I mean, this is ugly. I mean, there is nothing here that makes me excited about the Jets. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how is there a worse running back group than this? I mean, Bilal Powell? 
I mean, how long has this guy been in the league? I mean, seriously. I mean, this receiving core is terrible. Um, I I just wish he was in a bit better of a situation from a personnel standpoint. Um, You know, I think defensively they have some talent. You know, I like, um, you know, I like Jamal Adams a lot. I like Marcus May. Um, You know, but they lose Muhammad Wilkerson. Yeah. They have an okay uh, group of linebackers. I didn't love their draft. I mean, Darnold's obviously really good, but you know, people are talking up this kid, Nathan Shepard out of Fort Hayes state. He's a real, (laughs) one of those like kind of random D three guys that, that they were excited about, but you know, they made some okay moves. I just, I think this is a terrible offensive roster. I mean, and if, you know, he luckily Darnold has some guys to learn from. I think Teddy Bridgewater is good as gone. Uh, He'll have a good preseason and then go somewhere else. Um, they're committed to to Sam Darnold. The problem is, I think they're going to be the typical three and 13, four and 12 first year team. I, I don't okay. see a lot of talent here. So, uh, Darnold, Darnold doesn't have big enough hands. Is that what you decided? <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not big on the hand size stuff. I feel like if you can, you're, you're big enough to grip the football, you'll be fine. But, I, I do I do have some concern. I think he has ideal strength and size and accuracy, but I'm concerned with the turnovers. What do you think about Darnold, uh, Andy? Do you think he was the best quarterback in the draft? No, I rated him. I rated him behind um, Rosen. I like okay. I like Rosen. I like Darnold. I wondered about Darnold because I really liked boy. And watching that Penn State the bowl game two years ago. I was so impressed with him. I was looking forward to his year. And like Jeff said, really turnover heavy. I Sometimes I wonder how, how into it he was, if he was really putting in the work, knowing that I just got to get through this year, not get injured. We're not really a, champ, a national championship threat. It, it seemed like he wasn't focused last year in college. I really think he has the, you know, the, the physical and, and mental you know what it takes to to be a successful quarterback. His receiving core is not gonna do him a lot of favors. I, I'm really I'm really not high on some of that. Um, you got the, Robbie Anderson had a nice little breakout session. If he can stay out of trouble, he needs to not tell police officers that he's gonna fuck their wives and nut in their <laughs> eyes. That was a mild issue. That we're gonna try to avoid that this year. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, terrible running backs. They don't really have, they don't really have tight ends that impress me. Like basically everything else, not a terrible line, a young quarterback, but when you don't have the weapons to go with it, it's going to be a rough year for him. It's going to be, it's going to be one of those years where they win like four games. But if you see some good stuff from Darnold, some flashes, it'll be a successful year as a Jets fan. And you, you hopefully can plug some of those holes because the defense is fairly set up. If they can get some, get a free agent and, Maybe a couple free agents and draft some nice offensive players next year. They they could be something here when the when the window starts opening up after Brady retires. And I think another big point, real quick, guys, is I mean, and, and I'm being honest here. Who was the last really successful quarterback from Southern Cal? I mean, seriously. Oh boy, I guess it was Carson Palmer, probably right. Yeah, but it, I mean, like Mark Sanchez was a failure. Matt Leiner was a failure. Leiner. I mean, yeah. Do we yeah. have to go through that that group? I mean, Barkley was Barkley was no good. Sure, Matt Castle never panned out. Yeah, there was a lot of lot of lot of projects never panned out. Exactly. I That's don't know another. if we want to call Matt Castle. 
Oh, Mitch Mustaine was there for a little bit. Uh, Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. It had to be. Well, let's let's. It had to be like Palmer. Let's talk Rodney about quarterbacks. Peter, Let's talk about quarterbacks a second, because I, you know, and I asked you the question about Josh Allen is, can you teach accuracy? Because that's kind of at least where I come come at the kind of the the draft to being a professional angle for me. A lot of it's talent uh, and expectation, the situation you're put in, uh, and how well you are developed. And the developing the development part, I think, is more important for quarterback than you know, and in any other thing. Sometimes even talent. I mean, we saw like you know, Tom Brady wasn't the most talented quarterback in his draft, not even close. But the way you know, he he was obviously cerebral. He obviously had accuracy already. You know, he already had the ability to be an accurate quarterback, and the rest of it, they were able to develop him into the greatest quarterback of all time. And I feel like if you have a good kind of system in place to develop you you know, the aspects of your game that aren't the strongest, then you can succeed, you know, as a quarterback. And I think, you know, the Carson Wentz's experiment is proving that out. Um, the J- the Jared Goff experiment is proving that out. Like he was not developed well under, uh, under. we'll get to Jared Goff. I guess we're jumping ahead of here. We'll get to Jared Goff in a second, but he was not well developed under Jeff Fisher at all. You bring in Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur last year, and the guy looks like a brand new quarterback. And so, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, what is the development process going to be like for Darnold? They have a very unusual situation going on with the Jets where they fired their offensive coordinator last year, John Morton, and they were up. They, um, they promoted the quarterbacks coach, Jeremy Bates to be the offensive coordinator. So this is now, this is effectively like, this is your job. Jeremy Bates developed Sam Darnold into a professional quarterback. I don't see enough in the kind of the history of what Bates has done throughout his career in both college and the pros to have much confidence that he's going to get it, you know, that he's going to get it done. Uh, he doesn't have a particularly impressive resume. He's, he's very young and he hasn't really done this before. Um, and you know, this, these are all red flags for me for both the jets this year, Donald's development this year. And I could see a scenario play out where, you know, they, they have effectively a clean sweep and, uh, bring in a new staff with, uh, uh, an offensive mind as opposed to the current Todd Bowles, uh, situation that's that uh, you know that they have right now. I think that's the future of the NFL. Is you bring in young, um, you bring in young, innovative offensive minds to be your head coaches, and then you you know you get a, a good, uh, solid defensive coordinator to take care of the defense. The model that the Rams put together last year, I think, is going to be the future of, uh, and, and the Niners did the same sort of thing. That that's going to be the model that wins out in the long run in the NFL. And I think the Jets are probably going to. Um, probably going to not not be super satisfied with the development they see out of Darnold this year and, and go that road that that route in the offseason so I think this is the last season we see Todd Bowles as head coach and um, hopefully they find the right fit to develop Darnold into a meaningful player so that the AFC East isn't the Patriots to to run away with for another five years um, should we uh, should we hit some hot takes yeah yeah what do you think uh, that's uh, fire fire t- I'm trying to think of one it's going to be tough. Um, let's see. Uh, we'll start with uh, Andy. Do you have one cute or should I go with uh, big man first? Bold, bold take. On the got, I guess big one. Um, I'll go with. Uh, wow. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot. There's not a lot. I'll go with uh, yeah. the bills. Don't win more than two games. Ooh. 
I would subscribe to that looking at their schedule. I feel like you could get down oh, to yeah. week. I feel like you could get down to week like 14 probably and look at the last four games of the season and wonder if they're going to go winless. Um, thankfully they have some dome teams and they got Miami week 17, maybe bringing up a, a warm weather team up to the cold, uh, the cold, brutal uh, Buffalo metropolitan area uh, will be enough to get them the W that they can stay away from. Uh, oh, and 16 infamy, but I like that bold take a lot. Andy, what do you got? I'm going to go with the bills too. I think they start Josh Allen. They go with them and they are forced to pull the plug as it goes so poorly where he does not make it through the year and they have to reevaluate their whole situation. And it would take a lot. To, if they're, if they're going to, you know, you draft a guy that high, you start him and it goes that poorly that you have to put AJ McCarron in. That's how their season's going to go. I'm, with, I'm, I'm on the Buffalo hate train today. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, uh, my bold take will be uh, the Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. You say something about the fucking Patriots. God, you know, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say they manage, uh, they managed to get a buy uh, and lose in the first, uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, somebody comes to Foxborough uh, out of the wild card spot or third or fourth place uh, in the division. Chargers, Broncos, the, you know, the, some, somebody, somebody uh, from the AFC, the loaded AFC South uh, skates into Foxborough and shocks them in the divisional playoff round as like a 10 point favorite. Um, and that will be just desserts for poor roster construction from GM Bill Belichick. I don't know. If, I don't know who, I don't know where the coach, coach Belichick has saved GM Belichick's ass so much, so often over this run. It's just, it's tough to wrap your head around. Let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back and we'll hit the NFC West. And we're back. Uh, let's hit the last division here. This is going spectacularly well. Fascinating discussion about the AFC East, even though there was an 86% chance that the Patriots won. We made that interesting, I feel like. Uh, let's get to the uh, NFC West, which sees a similar but not quite as lopsided expectation here with the Rams as about minus 160 favorites to win the West. Kind of feel like there's some value in that, but we'll circle back on that. Uh, Niners sit in the second. Uh, slot at plus 310. Seahawks have slid all the way down to third at plus 485. And the sad Cardinals in fourth place uh, in the um, expectation here at plus 1800 to win the West. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, since we were kind of on a roll there talking about rookie quarterbacks, let's just keep this going right into some discussion about uh, the Arizona Cardinals and their new quarterback, Josh Rosen. Um, felt like they got a steal a little bit. Uh, they didn't really have to give up significant assets to, uh, to get him. Uh, although that was what was expected. Um, feels like this guy was, should have been like one, two, three in the draft, uh, in some order, Mayfield, Darnold, uh, Rosen. Um, yet, uh, the Cardinals kind of stayed patient, pick, uh, Rosen up at what? 11th overall. I can't remember what pick he was, uh, 10th. Pick, uh, picked him up at 10th. They traded up 
uh, with Oakland to get him, but they didn't have to give up huge assets. Um, what's a good outlook uh, for, I know we know Andy, he just already told us he's uh, Josh Rosen is his favorite among the quarterbacks that are coming into the league this year. Uh, do you share that sentiment big man or is, uh, is Josh Rosen have red flags for you? Like I don't the other guys. I don't not only think he's the best quarterback in this draft, I think he's arguably the best prospect I've seen in five years in the draft. I think he's, I don't think he has any flaw, honestly. And, and that's coming from a guy that will literally hit you on every flaw that you have. I think he's a guy that you have to have as a quarterback. I think he's everything you want in a quarterback. And I think his outspokenness, I won. I want a guy that's going to say, give me the fucking ball. I'll win the game. I don't want a guy that's going to say, well, Eh, I'm pa- I'm too passive for that. I don't want to speak up. Josh Allen will speak up, or Josh Rosen will speak up, and I like that. I want that. I want a a tough kid that's going to give his opinion. He's going to speak up. You need a leader. I don't want a follower. I want a leader, a quarterback. You look at his on the field kind of kind of look ahead. I mean, I don't see a I don't see a negative issue with the kid. I think he's a terrific athlete. I think he's a lethal passer in the pocket. I think he's got great arm talent. His instincts and field vision are terrific. He's got great. Um, uh, footwork. I, I, I really didn't see much of a concern. The only concern you would have with him, I think is durability, but because he had some concerns at UCLA with durability, but I think he's a rare talent. I think he's going to have the best season of all these kids. I think he's a, a huge drop. The fact that he went 10th to the Arizona Cardinals is a huge deal. I love Rosen. I, I loved him since he's came into the college arena and, I think he's a rare talent. I really do. Interesting. Wow, that was glowing. Uh, Andy, uh, is is Josh Rosen set up to succeed here? He gets to sit behind Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford maybe takes some licks early in the season while the offensive line comes together. Maybe he, you know, gets injured. Probably, almost certainly. Probably. Uh, I think. I think. I think Sam Bradford is a very good quarterback. Who just think, can't, uh, maybe not very good. I think Sam Bradford's a good quarterback who just is not able to stay healthy. He hasn't had the offensive lines to keep him healthy. He just he was put together loose and he comes together quick when he gets hit. But um last year, uh the opener against New Orleans, who hadn't quite figured themselves out yet, 27 of 32 for 346 and three touchdowns, no picks. QB yeah. rating 143. It one was of the best, looking one of the like singular oh, best games all shit. season. Yeah. 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 Sam Bradford, he's back. And then right away, it's like, oh, guess what? His knee has no cartilage left in it. He's he's shut down for the year. He played a little um a little in the Bears game. game he was so Bears bad. Yeah, game. he was so bad. It was not good. Like he, he was just toast. He needed to get healthy. I don't think it's obviously it's not their long-term plan at his age. Is, I'm not even sure how old he is. He's got to be – he's only 30. It just seems like he's 100 because he's been in and out of the in and out of the lineup so much and moved around. But I think it's probably a good situation. Bradford's a smart guy. It's not It's not the worst uh, guy to learn from. You're not learning from Rodgers, Brady, or anybody. But it's still – he doesn't have to step in. Arizona knows they're not they're not set up to succeed this year. Maybe they don't push the envelope. Maybe they go the Aaron Rodgers route. And if Bradford can stay healthy, he can sit behind somebody, learn from him, get learn the ropes, learn the routine of the NFL, and not get thrown to the wolves. Which that's the debate that people will have on and on. Is it better to let a guy sit a year, just get him out there and get some get some experience before before that rookie contract runs out? So I, I think it probably will be good for him to sit. And 
you know, it's a rebuilding program down there, but I do love Rosen. They did get a steal. They need a few more pieces. They can have a window here in a few years if they can add some pieces. They lost a shitload of defensive players, which sucks, but it's they're as many nice things as I just said about them. They're going to be a bottom five team. Like that, it's it's not going to be fun to be a Cardinals fan, but there's stuff to look forward to. Super super weird offseason. Uh, they lost and let go of a lot of guys that you would have thought were guys they wanted to try to rebuild with. Um, they brought in basically an entirely new offensive line. You got Eupati, Pew, Andre Smith, all at, brought in as free agents. They drafted their center in the third round, Mason Cole. Only guy that uh, comes back from a continuity standpoint on the line is DJ Humphreys, the left tackle. Um, we got David Johnson back. That's a positive. That guy was an all-universe all uh, two years ago, uh, you know, unanimous first overall pick in most fantasy drafts last year, breaks his hand out of the gate, out of, out of, out of, uh, um, you know, on IR basically uh, before the season started practically uh, and having him back will obviously, you know, be effective, but um, who's catching the ball? What is going on with this receiving depth chart? My goodness gracious. Larry Fitzgerald, who's a million years old, is maybe the primary target on this passing offense. Is that correct? That can't be. Ricky Seals-Jones at the tight end. You got Bryce Butler. Uh, you know, John Brown is gone. You're Maybe you're expecting J.J. Nelson to look better this year. It's, it's very tough for me to figure out, um, you know, why in today's NFL you would go to war with this receiving core. Uh, can you put any kind of positive spin on the, what, what to expect out of this offense who not only loses all these pieces, has no receivers, but uh, loses a brilliant offensive mind in Bruce Arians? Uh, big man, what? Uh, how many points are these Cardinals going to be scoring in games this year? Um, you know, I, I actually kind of want to say that I'm, I'm kind of more higher on this group than I think you guys are. I think Christian Kirk is the answer. I, I think he's a guy. I mean, he runs a four four seven. Uh, he's got terrific speed. He's got good hands. I think he could be a terrific slot receiver for them. He's going to learn from a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who could still play. I think. I think the offensive line guys is uh, really solid. I mean, luckily too, they went out and got Mason Cole. AQ Shipley is out for the year. Luckily, they can slot him in. It's not going to be easy, but I think the offensive line's real good. You know, you, you point out the receivers. Look, I'm not in, I don't love Reggie Nelson or JJ Nelson. I don't, you know, Fitzgerald's getting older, but I think he could still produce. I, I mentioned Kirk. Bryce Butler's a decent three or four. Um, you know, I, I'm not in love with the weapons. I'm gonna come out and say that. But you know, I think on both sides of the ball, I think defensively, I think they're still really good. I think their linebacking core is really solid. I mean, Chandler Jones can rush the passer. Your secondary's still good. I mean, losing Mathal hurts. I mean, he, he's a guy that you wanted to try to maybe retain. But, you know, I think with – and we'll get to the Seahawks, who I think are obviously a bit down. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think a success would, would be somehow to finish second. I mean, let's say the 49ers, which I know we're going to get to, and I have something to say on them. I, I don't think it's out of the question for them to finish fourth. And I honestly wouldn't be that surprised if they finished second either. I think they have a good enough defense. David Johnson's a star player if he could stay healthy. I think their receivers are good enough, and I think Josh Rosen will make a difference. I think they're an 8-8 eight eight team, honestly. Ooh, wow. So their schedule's not bad. I mean, they play oh. some tough teams, but they they haven't really been put in, like, particularly disadvantaged situations very often. And when they do, it's against teams that we expect them to lose to 
really without you know much thought. I mean, we expect them to lose at Green Bay. We expect them to lose at Minnesota. Those are two of the tougher situations they have to play. Also, you know, like they they get a lot of um, you know they get a lot of benefits really from their schedule. Uh, they get to play San Francisco at home with extra rest off Thursday night football. Um, you know, they, they have some spots that you kind of look at and you say, yeah, this isn't, uh, this isn't too bad. Maybe they can surprise some teams. Um, does eight and eight sound completely out of reach for you, Andy? I mean, we saw win total opened up at five and a half, got bet up, uh, sits at about six right now. And if you want to bet over six, it's minus one twenty six. So it's you know, six over six and a half is plus one fourteen. Is, is, uh, is there a case to be made for over six and a half, Andy? feels like a pretty pretty good number like okay. the the pieces they lost on defense and I do love I do love me some Chandler Jones I love David Johnson but Larry Johnson you know he's not the same kind of receiver he was when he was younger and putting up big numbers he's still great but and we brought this up when we talk about how Dez sucks now Larry Johnson or you know Larry Fitzgerald Larry Fitzgerald Larry yeah Johnson geez go way back Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> has adapted yeah yeah, he's adapted to set himself up for to be success and to help his team out with what's left in the tank. And it's not going to be a ton anymore. So, I mean, the, the the wide receivers and especially on the outside, like basically every they have a bunch of slot guys unless the young fast guy turns out good. So, it, it, it's going to be really tough for them to get seven eight wins. It's really going to depend on if Bradford stays healthy and can make anything out of that shit stew that they have for receiving cores and skill and honestly skill players outside of David Johnson. If, if what we predict to happen and Bradford gets hurt and you throw a rookie in there with a tough situation, it could be a long year. Mm, interesting. Uh, they bring in a defensive coordinator from Carolina Panthers is now their head coach. And you could expect maybe a little bit more of a defensive minded approach this year. You obviously still have Patrick Peterson. We said Jalen Jones name a couple times. So I don't know. I can convince myself that this might be like an under kind of team. Um, and maybe there's some opportunities to identify some value on some unders over the course of the season. Uh, but uh, it's tough for me to really get involved in a win total here with the number. I kind of feel like you feel Andy that six is six is pretty tight. Um, and eight and eight obviously would be a very successful season. And uh, if you're so inclined, you can get over seven and a half for plus 200. So uh, let's move up uh, into a team that I think we are going to have a lot of fun teeing off on. And that is Pete Carroll's Seattle Seahawks. My goodness. They have Russell Wilson and a bunch of nothing. Uh, eight and a half was uh, the open here. For their season win total, uh, it that number eight and a half opened at minus one ten. It has been bet down to minus two ten. Um, the number itself has plummeted to about seven and a half. Um, that still feels high. Uh, this defense has, you know, turned over some very significant parts. We really still don't know whether uh, Earl Thomas is going to take the field for the Seahawks this season. Um, you know, Richard Sherman is gone. You've got backfill at lots of. Uh, important pieces on your defensive line. Um, yeah, it's really tough to make a solid case for uh, Seattle improving from nine and seven last year and missing out on the playoffs. This feels like a continued slide. Uh, is all of this uh, a fair characterization of uh, Seahawks outlook, Jeff? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's just uh, Russell Wilson and everyone else. I mean, you, you really, where do you start? I mean, they've had this collection of this like really average receivers. Listen, I mean, Russell what or Russ, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, um, is, <laughs> is an elite that. player. I mean, he is, he's, he could really just make, you know, you know, gold out of anything. I mean, he's just that good, but hands, I mean, hands down, hands down, top 10 quarterback in the league. Oh, for sure. For sure. Maybe he's top, a terrific maybe top five. Uh, I think he's like seven or eight, probably okay. six, maybe. Okay. I, I think he's definitely in that discussion. And you know, you ask yourself, you know, did you improve your offensive line? Because that was a big issue for him. I mean, he was always weaseling out of things, but you know, he didn't really have much to throw to. You obviously lose um, Jimmy Graham, which is a big loss. Um, I, I didn't really understand Rashad Penny. Um, listen, I like Rashad Penny. He was a terrific running back at San Diego State, but to draft him in the first round, I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you could have got him in the second <laughs> round late and you would have been yeah. good. Um, it was a huge reach for them. Uh, you obviously no more Legion of Boom. Uh, the only one left is obviously Earl Thomas. He's coming off an injury. I mean, you had to resort to going back to Byron Maxwell, for God's sakes. Um, you know, this is the defense that is a shell of what it once was. Um, you know, I don't see a ton of talent. Luckily, they have a quarterback that can, you know, make uh, gold out of garbage a lot of the time. But, you know, I think Pete Carroll's starting to become a little sour out there. I think it's starting to kind of maybe be a little bit tired. They allowed 332 points last year. That was the most they've ever um, uh, given up in that def- defense. They've gotten progressively worse. I'm just very average on them. I think they're a 6-10 and 10 kind of football team. Uh, I think they're the... F- I'll be honest. I think they're the fourth best team in this division. I really do. I, I just don't see. I don't yeah. see other than Russell West, Russell Wilson, a lot of talent here. Um, you know, the, the defense is lacking. Um, they have some playmate. You lose Michael Bennett as well. That was another big loss. Um, yep. you, you lose yep. all sorts of talent up front. Um, Cliff they has uh, gone. Sheldon yeah, Richardson's gone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I think they're a six and ten type of football team. Uh, man, I agree with you about all those points. And I would say Russell Wilson for me, at least is probably top five, six quarterback in the league. And I kind of worry, I worry about how his career trajectory goes from here. If he has to run for his life for another 16 games, if he gets, he gets tackled on the run guys rolling up on his ankles. If he gets injured, they're the worst team in the NFL. It's just that simple. He is so important to that football team. It's like, uh, you know, taking, you know, LeBron James off the Cavs without Kevin Love and Jared Smith. It's yeah. like those, they're, they're, they're lottery, a lottery pick. That's what they are. Um, this is a bad, awful, horrendous team without Russell Wilson. That's a very, very strong take. Uh, Andy. Uh, is Pete Carroll well, for the NFL correct, with, this, I mean, with this roster? <laughs> no, I've actually bet him to be first coach fired based on I think he might quit. He might just give up and say, fuck it, I'm going back to college. Or they might just go GM and coach here. Everybody's done. We're done with this. It's finally time to rebuild. He is the only bright spot besides maybe the linebackers. I like Bobby Wagner a whole lot. Um yeah, the Legion of Boom is gone. Eh, you go into it's another one where we say, "What were we thinking with the draft here?" You have a, just a terrible offensive line, so they go ahead and they say, "Well, let's get a running back," and you know, ah, "Let's trade up for a punter." Like they just didn't seem to realize they had a terrible offensive line, and it's 
it's going to be hard for Penny. To, and it, it, in camp, Penny's not even really showing him anything. They love the Carson guy a lot more. And Wilson, broke his Wilson hand. can't do every. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot about that now, too. Jesus. Yeah. And Wilson's doing. Yeah. So basically, they, they wasted their draft so far. They're not going to be good this year without a line. It's going to. Yeah. Wilson can't do everything. They honestly, nine and seven was overachieving for them last year. Oh, they, I agree. They, I, I would have almost loved to see them get into the playoffs because they would have been a great fade because people like to back them for some reason. But, and we, I was on them early in the year, and then it just became apparent like this is not the same team we've seen for years. They, they were really relying on Russell Wilson to, to really pull some magic out late in games. They won't come close to nine wins this season. It's, it's going to be a big struggle. Yeah, like you said, the Legion of Boom's gone. Uh, Wilson Wilson might be dead by the end of the year if he gets hit that. He's going to have to really be slippery this year. And, yeah, it's going to be rough times. And to be fair to Jeff, who just kept saying Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook was drafted by Seattle, so I can see, I can see what was going on there. <laughs> he was a supersonic for a hot tick. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh well, they, they solved all their problems on offense. They brought in uh, offensive coordinator, uh, Brian Schottenheimer. He's going to run the ball. He's going to, he's going to make sure they, they have 50, the 53%. Uh, 53 is the magic number in Seattle in terms of rushing attempts and completed passes. You, if you, uh, you know, that, that this whole, this whole, you know, bringing um, old offensive philosophy into today's NFL has disaster written over from jump street. I can't, tell you enough how uh excited i am to look for opportunities to fade this team especially early in the season hey there may come a time later in the season where the tide turns and they become some a value team with the guy that's as as good and as capable as russell wilson there may be some times where i'm like you know what i'm gonna get behind these guys um but uh if for whatever reason um earl thomas gets shipped or decides not to report uh you're looking at starting secondary with shaquille griffin uh, Byron Maxwell is your corners, Brad McDougal and Tedrick Thompson as your safeties. This is not good. Uh, you still have all world linebackers, Bobby Wagner and KJ, Wright. Um, you know, keeping things sort of together. Frank Clark might be a decent pass rusher. We, you know, remains to be seen. Um, but that's not going to get you many wins in the NFL. And, uh, this has disaster written all over it. So I'm glad we all agree. Um, is there a, a, a case to be made to take uh, Seattle under six and a half at plus one fifty? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think so too. Let's move on to the Niners. Niners sit at uh, plus three ten. Uh, the uh, uh, the team that everybody was so high on after they they shattered my dreams last year because I had an alt under ticket on them. <laughs> I think I was like I had like under. I don't know, four and a half at like plus 200 or something. And they go out the gate and they lose what their first eight games of the season. Um, first nine games of the season. Uh, and you think, man, this thing is in great shape. Uh, no, they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and they go on to win um, six of their next seven, including all of the Jimmy Garoppolo starts from week 13 to week 17. Now in fairness, you have to kind of gauge the opponents that they played over that stretch uh, as opposed to just sort of saying, you know, what an accomplishment that is. They 
beat a lot of also rans and then they beat the Titans and the Jaguars in pretty advantageous spots at home. Uh, and then they played all the backups in week 17 from the Rams. Um, so I don't think you can really hold up that sample of week through 13 to 17 and really make a lot out of what to expect from this team this year, or even from Jimmy Garoppolo this year. But that doesn't change the fact that you have one of the best kind of most brilliant offensive minds in football in Kyle Shanahan. And you have a quarterback who has, uh, you know, pretty impressive accuracy, pretty, uh, you know, he's shown an ability to uh, take care of the football, albeit he could have had more interceptions. I've heard that stat a lot in the off season. Um, but, uh, but Jimmy G is a guy that the team believes in. Uh, and they have some intriguing weapons and in a guy like Marquise Goodwin. Uh, and, you know, I look at this as a very exciting team to watch just because I can't wait to see what Shanahan does next. And, um, yeah, there's this just it feels like a team on the rise. The win totals and the odds reflect that. Um, you know, Jeff, I'll go with you first. Uh, are you ready to burst their bubble here as as the um, has the market overreacted to how good the Niners are going to be this year? Uh, no, no, I don't think. I, do, I, do I think they're going to be 11 and 5? No. But but I think best case scenario, I think they're an eight or nine win team. I, I think you, know, you look at what you discussed, you you kind of painted a good picture of what they are. I mean, they have a dynamic mind at offense in, in the an offensive area. They have a great head coach. That I think it's going to do good things with a quarterback that I absolutely adore. I love this kid. Garoppolo. I think he's really everything that I'd strive to be as a man, really. I mean, I mean what is there not to like about this guy? I mean, good looking, yes. rich. He's a hero. He's yes. He's talented. I mean, listen, any guy that will just say, you know what, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I'm going to go out and hang out with a porn star, and I don't care what she does. I like her. We enjoyed our time together. I think there was something cool about that. I really do. Like, I didn't look at that, and I was like, what a what a hack or anything. Like, I was honestly like, you know what? He must like the chick. He must want to have fun, and he's not afraid to go out and do something. I, I thought it was dope, honestly. I liked it. Um, as far as this team, I, th- I think they're pretty good. I I didn't really like letting go Carlos Hyde or, or, or guys like that, but I think McKinnon could be a decent running back. I would have liked to maybe have seen them go out and get one more receiver. You know, I, I was considering maybe with that pick, you know, in the top 10, maybe going after a Calvin Ridley or someone like that. But I think they're good enough. I think the offensive line's fine. I like their defense. I think the defense could be a real underrated part of this team. I think they have a, a quarterback, and that's one win. If you could find a quarterback in the NFL, that's one of the big-time things that can make you really – kind of get going are they going to go to the the super bowl like they did with with colin kaepernick and that team no but i i think they're definitely on the way up i think they'll definitely clip the six wins last year i think um i think they have a nice start to the season i think they push to maybe um you know kind of be respectful in this division i don't they're not going to win it but um i think eight or nine wins is 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 good i think they're middle of the tier nfl team i think they're on their way up Nice, nice. Andy, uh, what is your how do you see the arc of the San Francisco season playing out? I wanna I wanna shit on Jimmy G. <laughs> but I don't know if I have enough, you know, you know, you I don't know if I have enough info. Like part of me says, hey, they played Chicago who, who had a, it was a dicey defense at times. They beat him on field goals this, you know jimmy g's career last year let's go through it they played houston without merciless or watt also missing some other pieces later in the year and they also didn't have their quarterback 
They played Tennessee, whose defense was struggling. They played Jacksonville, and they gave up. You know, they gave they gave, they gave them a good game. That was a that was kind of a different game. As far, I'd call that the maybe the best one. They 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 laid forty four on them. It was and on then, the heels of the Jags finding out that they secured the division, though. I mean, that was like yeah. a classic. Yeah, like was, Jags were was, in the locker room before the game, weird. and they're high fiving because they realized they win the South. Yeah, yeah, but it's still you, that bothered me from Jacksonville. That's where that's like you know you you won it, but still you're gonna give up 44. Yeah, I agree. and granted agree. it was it was agree. a West Coast game, but and then also and then they played the Rams B squad, so it wasn't like. It wasn't like he – these are still competitive NFL. You know, this is an NFL football game. It's not like these were uncompetitive games. But he didn't He didn't get tested as much as I would have liked to really make a full judgment on the guy. I liked parts of what I saw, but there's still growing pains. I think I'm going to agree with Jeff. It's a middle-of-the-pack team, eight, eight, nine wins. The schedule's not crazy, but, you know, you got the Rams twice. You get some tougher games against some uh, – you know, across a uh, divisional opponents and it would be, it would be a nice step for them if they did get to that eight, nine win, because boy, it wasn't that long ago they were in the Super Bowl and they just took a nosedive from there. This, it would be, it would be big for the the fans in the Bay area. If they were a decent team, eight, nine wins doesn't get you in the playoffs in the NFC. Like I just don't think they have the juice to get into the playoff picture. I won't be taking anything as far as, you know, division futures, playoff futures, but uh you know, their, their win total is a little intriguing. I might have to break down the schedule again one more time on that. Yeah, you can get over eight and a half for plus 120. Nine and seven is, uh, I think, about a median projection for this team, the way I look at their schedule. Um, okay. All right. Good, yeah. good stuff, guys. I like this. We're all, we're all, we're all positive all of a sudden. It was, uh, there was a real dark moment in the middle of this podcast as we went through some of the trash teams. But now we're, we've, we're kind of coming into the light. Let's keep this on a roll here and get to the top of the division. Um, we're looking for about 80, say, uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams, uh, surprised the world last year. They were expected to finish third in the West. They won it going away. Uh, this team really galvanized in the shadow of Jeff Fisher. Uh, you replaced Jeff Fisher with a young, uh, inspiring offensive mind like Sean McVay. He turns your bust quarterback into a serviceable quarterback. Uh, overnight, seemingly. Um, and uh, you bring in uh, Wade Phillips to run your defense, and he gets the most out of uh, an all-universe player in Aaron Donald, who wins Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I was super, super high on these guys heading into the playoffs. And, of course, as a young team, first time in the playoffs in a long time, they completely shit the bed against the Falcons um, in the divisional round, in the wild-card round of the playoffs. Um and, you know, they went into a little bit of a bizarre offseason, I have to say. I was surprised at some of the pieces they let go. Uh, they didn't re-sign Watkins. They made a pretty shrewd trade with the Patriots to bring in Brandon Cooks. Um, and uh, they bring in Dominican Sue to stack on the defensive line with, uh, um, with Aaron Donald and uh, Brockers. Uh, they got rid of their worst contract on their books in Alec Ogletree. Um, they ship uh, some of their cornerbacks, but then they bring in um, Akib Talib, uh, re-sign an outstanding safety whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, but this this roster is stacked. This team is stacked. They're making interesting moves. Um, big man, are you buying that the Rams are contenders in the NFC, or do you see some glaring hole that you think is worth pointing out? 
Uh, I think they're contenders. Um, I, I think they're a good football team. I think defensively they're really good, but I don't think they're great offensively. I really don't. I, I think Gurley's a great player. I mean, I, I guess I like Cup a little bit, but I think Brandon Cooks has been largely – I mean, I, I thought he'd be a lot better in the NFL personally. Um, you know, I, I, I want to see where golf can go. I, I think that's kind of the big question because they have a totally new offensive coordinator – um, they have to kind of replace that. I'll for one would I for one will admit if you ask my uh, business partner Donnie Wright said he was low. He didn't think this team would win four games last year. I bet him they would, and they ended up winning eleven. I was very high on the St. Louis or the LA Rams. I thought you're kind of getting all that negative energy with Fisher out of there. No more hard knocks. They just could kind of focus. They had a great season. Um, but I, I worry, though, when you have teams that make big splashes like this in free agency, I always worry about the uh, dream team, that kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Team. And, and and you do. You're getting an older Akib Tlaib. You're getting a guy in Marcus Peters who's very outspoken. Um, you're getting a guy in Dominican Sue who could be near his next suspension quickly. Uh, Aaron Donald's had contract issues. Um, oh, great you points. Know, this is just there's a lot to kind of live up to. And I see people, well, you know, you're living way too high on the Niners or some of these other teams. You know, this Rams team is a team that has a lot of question marks, though. And the biggest one is Jared Goff. I wasn't <laughs> particularly high on him coming out of Cal. I thought he was a product of a Sonny Dykes offense that really benefited him. He needs to take a step forward. That's kind of the real big thing this year. He needs to say, okay, I'm going to take my step forward. I'm going to be, you know, a top 10 quarterback. And if he's not, I mean, are you going to get the same season out of Todd Gurley? You know, are you going to get all these guys to have the same seasons? I don't think this division has a team that's ready other than the Rams to step up and win it. I think they'll win it because they do have a pretty damn good defense. Uh, they're going to start out the season to me, three and oh. Uh, they get Minnesota at home. Uh, they get, um, you know, Philadelphia at home. They have some tough games, but um, I, I think like the Patriots, I don't think the division's great. So I think they'll win it just because they also are led by a guy in Stan Kroenke, who might be the worst owner in sports. So he's I wonder, guy. yeah, yeah uh, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> he's destroyed franchises. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Arsenal football club and there's a prime example. Uh, he's a bad owner. He just is. Um, I think they're good, but I don't, and I'm not ready to say that they're the best team in the NFC. They're, they need to start winning first because they were poor in the playoffs. That was a poor performance. That it was they not played. good. Was um, I'm worried about the dream team kind of stuff. So they opened the win total at nine and a half, and it got bet up pretty quickly. It's at minus 169 to still get nine and a half, but you can get 10 for minus 120. Um, they almost certainly are going to need double-digit wins in the NFC to get a buy. Uh, are they going to fall short of say 11, 12 wins, uh, and end up playing again, wild card weekend. And, uh, I don't know, Andy is, is, is this another one and done year for this Rams team? Did I lose Andy? Yeah. The, we, we hit this point, we, we hit this point and we beat it into the ground, the NFC schedule, man, or just, it's, I mean, the NFC in general, like, it takes a lot. Like if the Niners, you know, if the Niners are legit, there, there's so many question marks on this schedule. Niners twice. Are the Niners tough enough to go one and one with them? They play the Packers, but it's home. They play the Vikings, but it's at home. Um, will the Broncos be okay? They play the, you know, the Chiefs are a huge question mark in the league. That's again, it's a home game. They do have some of these tougher opponents at home. They play the, it let's us 
assume the Chiefs are okay, but Chiefs, Eagles, Vikings, and Packers, those are all home games. You got to go to the Saints. Like, I don't know if I see 11, 12 it's wins. It's a big number. Yeah, it's a big number. It's a big, it is a big number. It, I think I think 10 is very feasible, but they feel like they'll be playing in the first weekend again. And I guess you always ask us questions, but I'm going to ask you, like, because I know you've talked about this, Goff. Was Goff good or was McVay good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, McVay was good and Goff was fine. <laughs> uh was that is about is about my is that my best uh jalen ramsey impression um anyway he he yeah, did what was yeah. he did what was asked of him uh the more you dig into what mcveigh and lafleur you have to give lafleur a little bit of this credit too and wonder if you know uh jeff brought this up uh McFleur, lafleur is gone uh he is now the offensive coordinator coordinator in tennessee um they're bringing in a new guy they're going to have to, go, you know, craft craft uh, offensive play calls from scratch. And, oh, by the way, the rest of the NFC spent a lot of the offseason looking specifically at what you were doing last year. Uh, you innovated and you put a lot of stuff on tape that everyone else is now going to try to catch up to. So whether they have another step, another wrinkle that they can incorporate or whether they try to trot out the same stuff and teams are ready for it, I think is a very fair question. Um we saw that uh, our one that one guy I like a lot on um, on Twitter, Frisco Josh. He did that like million tweet thread where he showed all of the Sammy Watkins routes, and he just they sent Sammy Watkins on go routes over and over and over again, and it basically was just you know a mechanism to open up other kind of craftier routes in the inside for some of the other receivers and for Gurley. And, you know, you would expect that, okay, well, they got cooks now. They're going to do that same sort of approach. Well, guess what? If somebody's, you know, if, if a handful of people on Twitter have figured that out, then you can, you know, damn be sure that the better defensive minds in this league, like Minnesota's uh, defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz in Philadelphia, those guys were studying that same tape in the off season and they're going to be ready for this. Um, so I have, I have some very, cautious optimism for the Rams success this year, because like you said, like Goff is not going to elevate you beyond what McVay can do scheme wise. And if the scheme gets figured out, then you got a problem. Um, and you touched on it briefly. The Rams have an extremely tough schedule. It is brutal. Um, we know they play in the Coliseum. They don't have a huge home field advantage. So even though the fact that they get Minnesota, Green Bay and Philadelphia in the Coliseum. I don't know that you're talking about a ton of advantage there. Um, they lose that. They lose a home game with Kansas City. They got to go to Mexico City for that. Uh, they got some tough travel uh, overall. Some of the, some, I didn't some pretty. About it. I forgot that was in Mexico. They got some pretty difficult travel spots. They got to go Seattle, Denver, San Francisco, all three back to back to back on the road relatively early in the season. That's going to be tough on these guys Uh, coming off of that third back to back to back road games. They get Green Bay and then at New Orleans, they got to play four road games in five weeks. That's trouble. Uh, You know, and and some of those some of that competition's tough playing at altitude is going to be tough. Um, I see. You know, I see that there's going to be, I, I can already tell, there's going to be a lot of weeks this season where the Rams, I think, are favored by too many points. And I'm going to be taking the underdogs in a lot of these games, in a lot of these situational spots. And uh, maybe maybe Goff and McVay punish me for that. Um, but I can, I look at this schedule for the Rams and I see like 3-13 and 13 against the spread. And maybe they win nine games, they win the West, they get the four seed. And, you know, perhaps they do better 
uh, in the playoffs this year than they did last year. Maybe they can work their way into the three seed and they, they can take whoever in the world work, you know, gets the, gets the six seed, but you know, this is, it's still, uh, doesn't feel like there's enough improvement on this roster, uh, to vault these guys into the discussion for, they should be as, um, you know, the third, they're effectively co-favorites with the Eagles and Vikings to win the NFC. And that feels like, um, that feels like an incorrect price. Uh, I put the Eagles and the Vikings a clear, uh, step ahead of, the Rams and I would even put the Saints in a discussion where they should be shorter priced than they are uh, and maybe even inside the Rams. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to start backing up and putting wagers week in, week out on this team because there's, you know, there's just a lot, there's just a lot of moving parts still. And Oh, by the way, they have a couple of relatively thin parts of their roster. They have so much now, uh, invested in the likes of Cooks and presumably Donald when he finally gets signed and some of the other ma- massive contracts they have out there. Gurley just got a huge deal. You know, they, they have enough money in some of their bigger pieces that they have some real, real, real thin uh, parts of their uh, depth chart. If they start taking injuries to their offensive line, if something happens to Andrew Whitworth, a tackle, for instance, or one of their inside, uh, one of their key pieces inside, um, then... Now you now you now you're now you got trouble. Now you're losing games you should win. Uh and that's gonna affect their win total. So I'm not I'm not touching anything to do with the Rams this year. I can just tell you that I'm gonna be fading them in a lot of weeks. You, you mentioned so. uh you mentioned Ogletree at the beginning. Uh I think one thing they didn't have a they didn't have a first or second round pick in the draft uh, due to some of the moves they made. But um there's a kid they drafted in the fifth round named uh Micah Kaiser out of Virginia. Uh this is a four year player at Virginia. He was a bell cow for that Cavalier team defensively. He was not only a terrific linebacker, but he was an academic All-American. He was a terrific student, a really smart kid. Uh, Don't be surprised if he makes the team and becomes a really high-level player for them in that middle of that uh, linebacking core. He's a real good player, and he's a strong, smart kid. So look out for that. Um, But the draft was, other than that, tough because they didn't have many picks. But – you know, there's a lot of boomer bust with this with this team. I think they could. Would it surprise me to get to the Super Bowl? No. Uh, will they? I don't think they're ready. I think they're. I just don't think they're better than the Vikings or the Eagles or the Packers or the Saints. Um, they're a top five team in the NFC, but I just don't think they're better than some of these other teams. I just don't. We all we all are in, a, in in solid agreement on the second half of this pod, which is great and also scary, I guess. But uh, we're all going we're all going to the window, or we're all going down in flames together. Um, okay, let's uh, let's wrap this uh, let's wrap this up. Let's let's uh, provide a couple of um, bold predictions. Well, let's skip the bold predictions about the West and just talk about the two conferences here. Yeah, we, we agree um, too much on that. They're all going to be the same. So I, yeah, actually, had a, I actually had a super bold prediction. Okay, give, give it Quickly. to us. We'll, we'll let you stand alone on the bold predictions for the right. NFC West. What you got? Arizona wins the division. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like why Josh not, Rosen, right? I'm telling you. Plus 1,800, uh, why not? It's super it bold. Yeah, it doesn't take much, man. And David Johnson's the MVP. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That is very bold. Um, <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in the less bold space, uh, big man, who do you like, uh, to come out of the AFC and the NFC this year? 
Um, out of the NFC, I, I, I don't want to be a homer. I really don't. But I truly believe the Eagles are the best team. And I think Carson Wentz is out to to, to do what Nick Foles did. And I think we saw in the time that we, we were able to watch him, he was a terrific quarterback. I mean, I think at, at, at full health, he's a top five quarterback in the league that quick. I think their roster is better than it was last year. I think defensively, they're really underrated. I, I truly believe it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, as far as in the AFC, um, I'm actually going to go with the Denver Broncos. I know that's crazy. I think it's either Denver or Houston. I think both those teams are really good. I thought Denver had the best draft in the league. I think defensively, they're very good. And the fact that they got Bradley Chubb to go along with Von Miller, that is absolutely frightening from a defensive perspective. I think Case Keenum doesn't make them unbelievable. I think he'll be a good enough player. They just need a game manager. They need someone that's not going to make mistakes and it's going to get the ball to the receivers. They have a good good amount of skill position players that I think can do enough for them. Um, I think they're going to win a lot of low scoring games, but I do imagine they will be one of the best defenses in the league. If I get quickly Houston, Deshaun Watson is a guy that's going to be an MVP in a year or two. Uh, you can mark that one down for me. I'm going to go Denver and I'm going to go Philadelphia Eagles, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we see a rematch Patriots Eagles, but for the record, I'll go Denver and Philadelphia. Ooh. You're, I just wrote something up that's kind of very similar to what you just said. So if you see content floating around with my name on it, uh, please don't assume that I copied you. I, on this. <laughs> I know. I, I, and I don't think, I don't think Denver goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I love your take. And I love that. Uh, I love that even though uh, you're an Eagles homer, you're not afraid to put a flag that they uh, go back, go back as repeat champions in the NFC. Andy, who you got uh, take home, taking home the, uh, the two title, two, uh, two title belts. I've got Eagles, Vikings, and Rams regression. And the Saints picking up the slack. I don't see how the Saints get any worse. I think they they really had a good shot to uh, get to. And any chance I can get to bring up the, the last play of the Vikings-Saints game, I will also. So they were, I mean, they were a freak play away from the NFC title game. I I've always had faith in Drew Brees. He he showed that he can see, like we talked about Larry Fitzgerald switching his game. Brees doesn't have to sling the long ball with what they've done in the offense. And then I think the Chargers finally don't get bit by the injury bug all season long. They've already, I think they've, they've worn it out already for the year. I think the Chargers figure out something at tight end, stay healthy for the rest of the year and make their way through the AFC. So I'm going Chargers Saints. Oh, dude, a little Drew Brees revenge Super Bowl? Hey, well, Capper? Yeah. Is it revenge after 10 years? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's uh, that's that's some karma right there. I, I wanted to throw one thing out on the Saints quickly. Um, I agree they're a very good football team, but they are in a major world of hurt if, you know, I, I don't know what the goal of this team is down the road. I, I mean, do they not get that Drew Brees is 39 years old? I mean, the Marcus Davenport draft was one of the most uh, imbecile preach, moments I've ever preach. seen. I mean, it was it was uh, absolutely pathetic what they did to not only move up, but you moved up and took Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport is a good player, but he's not <laughs> a guy you give up a first-round pick for. Uh, and now you look next year, you have a guy that's 39 years old, about to be 40, on really probably his last couple legs. 
where do you go long-term for quarterbacks there? I mean, I, I just don't know what they're doing, setting themselves up long-term because here's the problem. You have a drafting a guy like Davenport and giving up that much to get him. I don't know if they know this. He can't win you football games. He's not <laughs> going to win you a game late. That's why I always hated when like and Sue would get a hundred million dollars. The Dolphins give him a hundred million. Why? He's not going to win you games. He's going to contribute, but he's not going to make plays late to win you a football game. He's going to be on the sidelines watching you do it. And that's what you did. You set your team back years and they better hope they win in this next window of a year or two, because they have nothing in the pipeline. It's not going to get easier next year because they don't have a first round pick. Yeah, no no they're, disagreement. They're, no disagreement whatsoever. Is, I think they know yeah. it too. Like they'll, they'll go for it. Here's the thing. Like they lucked into getting Brees. Like Brees could have been a dolphin. He could have stayed with the chargers. Like they lucked into getting Brees in the first place. And it's almost like they feel like that's going to happen again, that they're going to hit, they're going to strike lightning twice in the free agent market for quarterback. Once Drew Brees retires. And I, I agree with you hundred percent. The Davenport pick was the single most yeah. what the fuck moment of the draft. And, uh, and I, I'm with you uh, on that take. That was very run. good. Uh, the puncher run, <laughs> that was, that yeah. wasn't a, what the and fuck, in the, that in was the like, spirit wow. Of last year, the head, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the spirit of last year of betting while we're podcasting, I just, I don't want to go nuts with it, but I, I figured out uh, we, we put $8 on it for that okay, exact nice. Super Bowl matchup. Eight, eight gets you a thousand. So eight that's all it you takes. A wow. wow. Yeah. Easy grand that way. <laughs> that's all how right. confident I was with full $8. <laughs> we're going to record this. Let's record this. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I'll go in a similar vein to you guys. I, I, I agree with all your takes. Broncos make the playoffs. I think the Broncos actually, I think they could upset the Patriots in the playoffs if they head to Foxborough. That feels like the kind of matchup that you see, um, you know, you see the Broncos succeed in. Uh, and um, I'll say the team that I really do, though, uh, the team I can't get, get enough of uh, is the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC. Um, the defense has so much swagger. They have so many talented pieces, so much depth. Um, I really do feel like that, uh, you know, we, we have uh, a deficiency of kind of dynamic offenses across the, across the landscape in the AFC. I think that the, the all world Jacksonville Jaguars defense, uh, gets it done. Uh, Blake playoff, Blake Bortles makes his first ever Super Bowl. Um, and, uh, coming out of the NFC, uh, I'll pick Andy's Minnesota Vikings. Uh, in a little bit of a way just to be different here. Uh, I thought hard about the Saints. The Saints is a great pick. Uh, I thought hard about the Eagles. The Eagles is a great pick. Um, but uh, I'll say the Vikings, I like their, their – I like the way their, again, kind of their defense, I feel like, as great as it was last year, is still underrated. They didn't create a lot of turnovers. I think they can do even better in that department this year and uh, carry them to 14, 13, 14 wins. Uh, which gets them home field throughout the playoffs and uh, punches their ticket to Atlanta uh, where they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in a battle of the runner-ups from 2017. You guys uh, ready to call it a pod? That was fun. Yeah, it was great information. Yeah, I, can't stay up, I can't stay up all night and do this way. We got to. Okay, let's we'll, wrap it up. We'll resume again someday. No, it Jeff. was good. This was solid. I had a lot of Jeff, fun. Thanks big a man lot, on Jeff, campus. for coming on. But, Big man on campus at Jeff Nadu. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate all your insight. That was uh, that was as good, if not 
better than I even could have hoped. And uh, I hope the listeners liked it as much as we loved recording it. And uh, best of luck this season. Thanks, guys. I hope to do it again. I, I, this is one of the funnest podcasts I've done. You know, great way you put way you put it on. You know, kind of just the chatter back and forth. Um, really enjoyed it. Hopefully, uh, we can do some college basketball stuff down the road. I would love to do this for like uh, I don't know how much you guys are into soccer, but uh, this is a great uh, great avenue. Great work, guys. Uh, hope to come on again. All right, you got it, man. We will absolutely yeah, have definitely. You back we'll, for we some will college talk basketball. college basketball yeah. here soon. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, put a pin in uh, UEFA Champions uh, final. Uh, We'll have have you back in May. Uh, All right. (laughs) We're still doing this. Uh, Okay. All right. Take care, guys. Have a great, great one and best of luck this season. And that will wrap the NFL preview pods.